do that. Okay, so we have to record an episode three thing right now. I hate doing this part. But it's fun. But it's so awkward. So are you. Yeah, I know. It's episode three, folks. Welcome back to Friday the 13th. Candyman. 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 Be afraid. Be very afraid. We have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. The box. You opened it. We came. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. I love China. Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? I just want them to suffer. Look what you did to him. I joined Donald Trump on the Republican ticket because I believe he has the right leadership and the right vision to make America great again. In 2017, a majority of Democrats turned into alt-left radical psychos, but we'll get back to them later. I will build a great, great wall. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? Turn the freaking frogs gay. And now, it's time for Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media. Are you ready to get slayed? Okay, folks, we are back to episode three. Andrew, are you excited? I am totally excited. Fantastic. So am I. You know, it's so the first time I. that we're recording at night, I'm just realizing. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, and folks out there, it's, it's actually it's Saturday night right now. We usually do this on Sundays. Yeah, and I'm not hungover either, so that helps. It, amazingly, we are not hungover, um, which is how we, we, we spend most of our hours in this in this brief life that we have. <laughs> um and so, uh, you know, a couple of things. We're, we're going to do what we always do, of course, and go right into horror in real life. But I do want to mention today, though, that it, it is March 24th as we're recording this. I thought so, you were uh, not supposed to be here today. I was not supposed to be here today. And here's why I wasn't supposed to be here today. I was actually supposed to be in Washington, D.C. today for the March for Our Lives March on Washington. And this, of course, is the uh, the movement created by the survivors of the... Marjorie Stoneman Douglas massacre in Parkland, Florida, and all these wonderful, amazing teenagers from that school just got the movement against gun violence really going again. They they put literally new lifeblood into yeah, it. Yeah, it's interesting that this one, for some reason, even after Sandy Hook and everything, for some reason, this is the one. I I, I really think this time... It's because it's it's teenagers. Sure. So and they can mobilize themselves. It's teenagers, and it's teenagers in 2018. Yeah. Right? So they have, like, the social media platforms. They and, know how to use it all. And they know how to use it better than we do. Yeah. These kids they are... It, I mean, they don't even use Facebook anymore, right? right? They're all using Snapchat. They're using Instagram. And, girl, I don't even understand no, Snapchat. I don't even have Instagram, to be honest. The only thing I've gotten on Snapchat are photos that you don't show your mother. Yeah. So, like, you know, it, 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 I just think it's a different sort of game now. Sure. But anyways, I was, I was supposed to be in D.C. for the march. I ended up having to do um, some things for my professional job, so I had to stay behind. But so I, where, where did you watch it from? Uh, I, I watched it from the treadmill, actually. And what was happening on that treadmill? <laughs> um, I was crying the entire time. And, uh, you know, those of you who don't, don't know me personally don't know my other nickname, which is Mr. Tears, um, because I cry at literally everything. Um, so I was crying watching this amazing. I was watching you know was BBC. The gym busy? 
Jim, it wasn't that bad. It's a Saturday here, okay. so it's, it wasn't too terrible. Um, but I was watching the BBC um, live video on Facebook because it, it, there were no commercials, and that was you know nice to have. Uh, and it was wonderful. It was an absolutely wonderful thing. So I just wanted to mention that before we go into our real horror in real life, because this is actually not horror. Yeah. This is like actually inspiring and I think heroic and courageous. And, um, you know, as somebody who does a lot of advocacy and activism and is usually a, a cynic about a lot of these things, mm-hmm. this, I think, is the first time that I've felt any hope about the future for gun control, gun safety, and, like, just, like, fucking sanity in America. Yeah, here's to hoping. Here's to hoping. So, so are, we want to do a little rundown of what we're, yeah, yeah, what sure. we're going yeah. through today. Why don't you go through that? Go ahead. So um, I think we're going to start with the Austin Bomber. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think we're going to talk a little bit about... He hasn't really been named. He doesn't have, like, a nickname. His name but, hasn't... Yeah. But, um, no, I'm talking about the other one that we're doing. Right, right. Um, so and then we're also going to do the Canadian Gardener Serial Killer. I think it's a good name for him. Um, and then, CGSK. And then we, we might dive into Slenderman if we have some time, but we'll kind of go see where we get from there. Right. Um, and then for our horror and media, we're doing um, Demon House, the mm-hmm. new Zach Baggins movie. And Boy, then, do we have some things to say. <laughs> uh, and then uh, in honor of these, the two movies, that or the movie that just came out, um, we're going to do The Strangers, uh, the 2008 film, and then The Strangers 2, Pray at Night. The just recent 2018 film. Fantastic. God, Strangers was 2008. Yeah. That was a different life back then. Wow, okay. So, folks, uh, Austin bombing. We are talking about horror in real life and the bombing, bombings, I should say, in Austin, Texas. So, rundown of the situation. Uh, we already know who the, uh, the son of a bitch was that did it because he killed himself as police were approaching him in his own truck. It was 23-year-old Mark Anthony Condit. Uh, he was a white boy from Texas, homeschooled. We're going to talk more about that. He killed two people, 39-year-old Stefan House uh, and 17-year-old Draylen Mason. Uh, both of those uh, gentlemen were black. And he, he critically injured a 75-year-old woman, Esperanza Herrera, um, who was described, by the way, in, in numerous articles as making amazing salsa. So like, I, I really want to like meet her. Because um, I want to like hug her, but also I want to like buy. I want some salsa. Yeah, I want to like buy salsa yeah, of for her so that she has like money salsa? for life. Um, and I eat chips and salsa like nearly every day of my existence. <laughs> um, and then he also injured two twenty-year-old men, not from a package bomb in this case, but from a it's trip like a, wire. It was like a trap. Yeah, it was. It, it was on I, the side of the road. They were, I think, just like walking by were, a park. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And literally a fucking like trip wire. From and these a movie. are like so when like let's explain that these are not like bombs in like the like. The traditional army type bomb sense. These are like shrapnel, like nails, like how, like things you can buy at Home Depot, yeah. shoved into something and then made to explode. Yeah. This son of a bitch knew what he was doing, and um, one of and one of the well, not even one of the. It's I mean, there's there's so many bad things about this, but we're gonna start at the top of it, which was who was he targeting? He sent these package bombs or whatever you want to call them, mail yeah. bombs, whatever whatever I they think are. It was FedEx. Yeah, it was FedEx. So mm-hmm. we'll call them mail bombs. Why not? He was sending these to people of color, and he was targeting a neighborhood in Austin that is known to be a neighborhood where people of color live. And so um, I think this connects back to what we know about this dude now. Yeah, that he was very conservative. Um, he was most certainly anti-LGBT, and we have some writings we'll share with you about that. He was anti-abortion. He had a lot of conservative leanings. He's yeah, been described. He was, um, he was for the death penalty, 
and he was for re-looking at how we register sex offenders. Isn't that interesting? Um, and apparently, too, before he died, he left a 25-minute recording on his phone. Which police describe as unremorseful. So basically, he just went down the list of how he did everything. Not why he did it, not sad about it, not gleeful about it, just very matter-of-fact is the way that they're explaining it. And you know what's interesting about that is that the police themselves describe that as unremorseful. Here's what else the police had to say about him. And this, this is how they actually described him. So after, these are like actual... Oh, yeah. This is like the chief of police okay. or, or whoever it is in Austin. Like during like the press conference Yeah, absolutely. And this is, this is after um, after they he heard that recording. He called him a very challenged young man talking about the challenges in his life. Uh, I think everyone's got some challenges, that, but we don't go around, you know, bombing people. Right. Now, let's go back to the things we heard before when, when the Black Lives Matter movement started. When we heard about Mike Brown or about Trayvon Martin, we heard them described as thugs. Mm-hmm. We heard them described as hooligans. We heard them described as anything but very challenged young men. Right. And you want to talk about challenges for young men. Those young men that lived in East St. Louis, that lived in in some of the the, the biggest dregs in in our in our society's uh, uh, locales in America that already don't have any advantages. Right, they have no money. They have they have very few resources for mm-hmm. good education. Um, they don't have a lot to look forward to in their lives. Quite frankly, um, this kid, this twenty three year old kid, he had his own house. He was white as fuck. He was making money. And he was going to college. Yeah. So sounds, he had sounds pretty good. He had very few challenges. What we don't know is what he described on on on, on that message was. They have, they have not released it, right? Right. And they they, prob- have, they probably they probably won't. But I think that they absolutely should. Um, and, and we don't know if he was abused as a child or this or that or whatever. And maybe we'll find those things out. All of those things would still be awful. None of those things justify what he's done. So let's t- let's talk about some of the uh, groups that he belonged to, this very troubled young man. Bring it out. Um, so basically, as part of like a Facebook group, he was part of the uh, Christian survivalist group. Um, they discussed weapons and dangerous chemicals and basically talked about you know, how to mix things to make things blow up. Um, it, it's it's very troubling. And then the other group that he belonged to was the uh, Righteous Invasion of Truth. Now I want you to listen to me, folks. Righteous Invasion of Truth. And this was a group that was created by all these homeschooled kids. And by what, is that, what does that acronym spell out, by the way? Riot. Riot. Um, so this was a homeschooled group created by the young people where they studied the Bible and were taught gun skills. Okay, homeschool, first red flag. Studying the Bible as though it's literal truth, second red flag. Survivalist skills, third red flag. This is three strikes, you're out, something bad was going to happen, and look, something bad did happen. Yeah. Like, this is absolutely insane. And not to mention, too, like, people have literally referred to the Black Lives Matter movement as a terrorist organization. Right. There is a group of kids out there doing survivalist skill fucking hunting, building bomb shit. Yeah. Called riot, and no one says a and, fucking word. And we're about not going to call him a terrorist. Yeah, right. I mean, come on. He's and he's not a terrorist, and why? Because he's white. He's not. And Muslim. because he's a very troubled young <laughs> yeah. man, apparently. Yeah. And did you hear what his alias was? Oh, I did. But what what was it again? His alias. You mean his drag name? Oh yeah, or or his drag name <laughs> in this case is Kelly. Killmore. That literally sounds like it should be on RuPaul's yeah. Drag Race. Kelly Killmore. Number one, how completely uncreative. 
Number two, you're an asshole. Number three, it is your drag name yeah. entirely. Because also, what did he have to write about Maddie, homosexuality? Do you, remember, do you remember what your drag name is? Mine? Oh, God, tell me. Was I drunk when you told me this? It's Tori Anus. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's funny in so many ways because I grew up loving Tori Amos, blah, 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 whatever. And Tori Anus is funny because it sounds like Tori Amos. I think they get it. But then it, it can also sound like Tore my anus. Get oh, it? So yeah. mm-hmm. there's a lot of. We'll we'll talk more we'll about that offline. That, yeah. You can message me privately on Facebook, folks. Um, he had a blog. The the killer did the the bomber. He had a blog that he had for his community college class. Um, it was on. It, it was a U.S. politics class, apparently. Yeah. And one of the blog pieces was titled. This is from 2012. Why gay marriage should be illegal. And in it, he said, homosexuality is not natural. I do not believe it is proper to pass laws stating that homosexuals have rights. What about pedophilia or bestiality? Should they also be protected by law? Right. So this goes back to hey, was his stance was considering eliminating sex offender registries. That isn't that just strange what? and interesting. In what world does that sound like a good idea? I think it sounds like a good idea to people who are sex offenders. Yeah. And so part of me does wonder. Did this kid do something? Because, I mean, let, let's face the facts, right? Or does he have, like, a family member? Or, or, or something. But, know. like, I mean, it's like, I think about this with, like, Shakespeare, for example. Yeah. Like, because I, I was trained in theater, and I, I've taken a lot of classes in Shakespeare, and I also just love to read Shakespeare, see it and watch it, whatever. The thing about Shakespeare that is really interesting is that none of the villains are just straight-up villains. Yeah. There, there is no absolute villain, except for maybe Iago. You, you could kind of argue that. But there is no villain. That, that is just like, oh my god, this person was born evil. Everyone comes from something. There is no just straight up evil in the world. And we'll talk more about this when we get to Demon House. Mm-hmm. But this kid didn't just come from nowhere. Right. He, didn't, he didn't wake up one day and say, I'm going to start bombing people. Something happened to him. Or he was influenced by someone. Right. Or saw something on saw something somewhere yeah. or something something inspired him to do this. Yeah, and the other thing too is you don't just start bombing people. Yeah. So he also did something else before he did this. Come so on. So you're thinking like he was like testing things out. Sure. Whether whether that was killing animals right. with, with the with the riot group or whether that was I don't know, molesting somebody or something. Yeah. He he did something that was so deep and dark that it opened up a whole new door of his heart. Yeah. And it allowed him to put a bomb in a package and go to FedEx. Several. And se- several of them. And say, I'm going to send this to somebody and oh, they're going to die. You, did you hear about his disguise? Uh, so I've, I've seen it, but I haven't heard... Because you can't really see it in the photo. So his disguise, when he would go to FedEx with these bombs, was a blonde wig, like a long-haired blonde wig, a red hat, and pink gloves. Okay, so... How does that not look strange yeah. to someone that, at FedEx? And, and I just want to go back to what my other theory about this kid is. After he wrote that shit about gay marriage, mm-hmm. you were a cock-sucking closet case. Closet case, We yeah. all know it, and why you were so angry about it, I have no fucking idea, because I've got some news Texas, for you. Probably. It's great being gay. 100% of us that are happy, actually 99% of us are great out there in the world. We are not package bombers. Yeah. I, I can't speak for that 1%. Why this kid did this, I don't know. Well, but we're going to talk that about, makes we're gonna talk about one of those 1% <laughs> right. a little bit here. Absolutely. The I mean, Canadian guy. And, you know, just to, t- to talk a little bit about the victims, of course, too. I know um, Draylon Mason was really interesting to me. Um, he's only 17 well, we years probably old. Go, we should probably go in order. 
Sure. Because they, yeah. they, so, they were killed in a certain do, or do, injured in a Yeah, do you want to talk about Stefan yeah. House? Yeah, so Stefan House, um, he was just this, like, average family man. Yeah. Uh, what was he? I think he was 39, if I remember. He was 39, yeah. yeah. And just, like, had kids, was a project manager at, like, a, a local place. Like, nothing out of the ordinary. Like, this is not someone who was, like... This is not a Dexter situation where yeah. he went after like bad people. Yeah, like this is just like a normal. This is a good, but very likely a very good man. Yeah, um, who just fucking opened the package. That's the other thing that I don't get is like how how did he pick these people? Because they also said that when they got to his car, or either in his car or in his house, they found a list of addresses. Well, and we do know, too, that he had a list of other targets that he was going to go after right. as well. What I do know about both Stefan and about Draylon that I'm about to mention is that, I mean, these, as I said before, these were two black men um, right. in the Austin community. They both had ties to sort of like the, the, the prominent black community okay. in, in, in Austin. I don't really know what that means. I've, I've never been to Austin before. Yeah, I mean, Who knows? Um, but that may have been a part of this in maybe. some way. I, I don't know. Um, I just, I'm really hoping that the police are taking this list that they found really seriously and going to these place people's plate like homes and making sure that there were no additional packages yeah. that just haven't been delivered yet, and I, making I really sure these people so are too. protected. I really hope so too, and I, I think that the the, the police um, definitely have that burden right now. Yeah, and especially I think if the police chief wants to keep his job, he better be three steps ahead of that right now. Right. Um, to talk so who's, about who is next? Yeah, Dr- Draylon Mason, seventeen years old. Uh, uh, Draylon Mason um, was apparently a virtuoso bassist, um, stand-up bass that is uh, classically, and uh, he was a musician that had probably a very brilliant career ahead of him. Yeah. And um, completely wiped out. Yeah, because I don't think it was like a, a normal orchestra, like a school right. orchestra. I think it was like a for, like, like a for professional. Special. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so it's just it's it's monstrously sad to to see these photos and to to hear about just the fucking life that got snuffed out of this. Yeah, just because of just because they picked up a like. Can you imagine? Like, yeah. I mean, living in Chicago, we get I get Amazon packages probably I don't know twice a week. I'd say. Yeah. And just thinking like. That could be anybody. Well, you know, it actually it it actually reminds me of the strangers, and it reminds me of the strangers How? in in the way that the the victims always ask, "Why are you doing this?" Oh, it's like the random the randomizing. Of it's it? just it's just completely random. And you know, I really thought about this after the um, after the Las Vegas shooting um, back in the summer. It was it was in the summer, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. whenever that was. Um, when the 50, 50 or so people got killed in that the the country music concert. Um, how like. Just, I don't know. Imagine bullets raining down on you from from the sky. You at have like, no idea where they're coming at from. A con- at a country concert, like what do you even say to that? I think I think it's when like you start to look at life and you go, "What on yeah. earth is the point of this?" So if I'm going to walk outside one day and open up a package and it blows up, or I'm going to go to a concert one day and there's bullets that are going to ra- rain down on me for absolutely no reason, completely random. Yeah, no reason at all that's happening to me. What? on earth is this I don't know existence it's, know. it's strange and for it just the one thing I think you mentioned it a little bit earlier that you know or alluded to it at least that drives me crazy about this is like why are we refusing not to call this person a terrorist I don't understand that. Well, I mean no I understand this it. is a domestic terrorist if, if, if this if this kid had been black or Muslim do you think people wouldn't be calling him a, a terrorist exactly. right now there, exactly. there would be gun nuts out in the streets calling for blood yeah and and they're not 
I they're just not. Don't get it. They're just they're they're just not, and it's absolutely insane that they're not. So the third person that um, basically was hurt, she was like hurt very badly, um, critically injured. Uh, Esperanza Herrera. Um, she was visiting her elderly mother's house and picked up the package that was actually bound for someone else's house. Oh my god! So likely she was like, "What is this package? I need to see like who this really needs to go to." And then it blew up in face and. Um, basically, uh, I heard a report from one of the neighbors that ran over that she had nails sticking out of her face, and it, it's just horrific. That's that's insane. Yeah, I, so I cannot. Believe thankfully, that. she is still alive. Um, she's, I think, still in the hospital, but thankfully, still alive. Yeah, it's you, you know, I I, I don't even I, I can't I know. even. It's it's so random. It's so disgusting, and it's so. Just indicative of America that we will not call him a terrorist. I this know. racist, bigot, conservative, junkie, just loser. Like he should be called a terrorist. And in fact, we're, I mean, we're calling him a terrorist right now. Yeah, you, you, for can, sure. you can call him that too. We hope that you do. Go tell your friends that he is because he was. Um, and then the next two we already talked about. It was just basically a tripwire out in the middle of, like I think, along the side of the road is what I remember uh, reading. Right. Um, thankfully, they were not injured too badly, but. It's the it's the randomness of it. I mean, can you imagine like going for a run on the lakeshore and all of a sudden just like a a bomb explodes? I I honestly can't. You know, I honestly can't. Um, and then finally, the last person, um, she only suffered um, hearing loss impairment. Thank God. Um, she was a FedEx worker, so yeah. it basically blew up on the conveyor belt. Right. So it, thankfully, it didn't get any further. Thank God. Um, but it's still horrific. Yeah, I'll tell you who's not a victim is the asshole that did it that blew himself up. Um, it's just truly, you know, next time if, if you're out there and you're listening and you're thinking of doing something like this, do us a favor just kill your fucking self Yeah, kill yourself, don't kill anybody so did else the co- I'm, I'm a little confused or a little fuzzy on the details of the end yeah. so did they know it was him? Did they track him down? They they okay. did They did track him down I don't know how they tracked him down Okay. Um, well, they probably won't reveal it of, of course, because... right, because there's still the investigation yeah. going going on right now um, but they they did track him down. So they they were, found him. They were in pursuit. They were in pursuit, and as okay. they found him in his car, as they were as in his like it was like a, a red SUV. I remember seeing the the, the photo. Uh, he detonated the package in the car. Okay. Well, he detonated the bomb. I shouldn't call it a package. I just didn't know if like this backfired on him and he accidentally blew himself up. But I, it sounds like it, it was intentional. I, I almost wish that that's I know, what it was, right? <laughs> just because it, it would make it that much sweeter that, that he was. You know, like don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't value death here. That's not who I am. But I am just really mad at this person who just wreaked took it upon this... himself to take the lives of these. Yeah, people like, for like no fucking reason. Like how absolutely terrible these are you? These are people. So like, th- like I said earlier, this is not a Dexter situation. This is not someone who like personally harmed him or his family. These right. were random people. And you know, and talk about terrorism. He also chose to do this during South by Southwest in Austin. Yeah. It's like the biggest thing that happens in Austin besides like ACL festival. And he knew there were going to be a lot of people there. He knew that cops would be worried and they would be on heightened alert anyway. Yeah. He knew he knew there, there would be world leaders coming to give talks. There would be this. There would be that. He knew people would be scared. And he chose to do it then. And that's what terrorists and, do. And he reigned for 19 days. Exactly. Later. It's just disgusting. So that's, I think, all the airtime we should give this son of a yeah, bitch. Yeah, I agree. Um, but we're we're thinking of the of, of the the families of of the of the deceased number one. But we are really um, uh, hoping and praying in in like uh, in an authentic way for Esperanza Herrera, and we want some of your salsa very soon. And we will buy 
whatever you're selling it at. Yeah, we'll definitely run an advertisement for you if you want to put that it out That is not yeah. a problem. We will do whatever <laughs> we need to, to do for you, Esperanza. Sending you love. All right, do we want to move on to the... Uh... The Canadian Gardener Killer? The Canadian Gardener Serial Killer, yes. So, okay, I'm going to try to tell this story, but it is so wacko bananas that I might get a little confused. Yeah, it it makes me, like, nervous inside. Yeah. So so there's this guy, Bruce MacArthur. Um, He's 66, and he lives in Toronto. Um, And basically, he has his own, like, private gardening business. Mm. Um, He was pretty much found out to be dating someone... That w- that went missing, so that f- turned the cops onto him. They investigated him and found traces of blood in his car. And how old was this guy, by the way? Sixty six. Sixty six. So he's like an older. He's an old. He he regularly played Santa Claus in the local. Oh mall. my god! Oh my god! Um, and so basically, they were like they found traces of blood in his car. So then they went and they started looking at because um, there there had been. These people that went missing in 2012, I believe, or 2000... Let's see here. I can uh, consult my things here. Yeah, November November of 2012, three gay men went missing from the Toronto area that they called the Gay Village. And And it's kind of like our boys' town. Do we know how how he met these guys? I think, like, literally they were sexual... Trying to be sexual partners, but like, but like grinder or scrub. No, I think it was, was in it? person. Oh, so like, like at a like yeah. at a bar or something like that. Exactly, okay. and then he would take them home. Okay, it's, it's very Jeffrey Dahmer situation. Totally. Um, but basically, they went to some of the places that he um, had worked and gardened for people, and um, it was at the time in Toronto where like basically everything was dead. So you know. And they looked in the... They emptied the planters for some reason. They were just doing a lot of investigation. And they found parts of three different bodies. Girl. So he was taking these victims and hiding them at other people's houses in their planters, in their flowers. Is this like a new kind of fertilizer kind of thing? Is that I what guess. it is? I mean, is this, is, this what, is this what you do now? Do you hire a serial killer? They put a body in your garden yeah. and then you, know, you get like fucking beefsteak tomatoes I know. that kind of thing like does it like enhance the enhance the taste it could it's, it enhances the size yeah. that's for sure so this is so strange so okay let's so just, just to go back yeah he's a gay serial killer yes. which of course freaks us out just for a number of reasons it freaks me out especially because I'm I'm single Andrew was not um, but I'm single and so like I just obviously meet more like random dudes than you do yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean and so like that really like it does make me feel like. Ugh. Have you ever had a situation where you felt like, "Ooh, this person's a little uneasy." Like, I need, to, I don't want to get out of here. Uh, that's a good question. I, I, well, so I, I did have, um, I did have one situation, um, which actually you were there for that night. If you remember the story, I'll get back. You'll remember it. Um, you and Michael had left the bar that we were at. Michael, by the way, is Andrew's husband. Michael and I also went to college together. We're like best friends. We've been friends for a long time. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, and so I, w- I went to this bar and I, I had been talking to this guy online for a bit about, you know, like maybe meeting up and like going, yeah. out, going out for a date, something yeah, like that. Yeah, typical like dating situation right. in the modern age. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was the weekend. I'd been really busy all week. Like, I think we had friends in town even then too. Like, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on. So I was just like, eh, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. Yeah. This guy very clearly thought it was supposed to happen. And so we went to a bar that's really close to where we live. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a bar that we go to a lot. It's in Andersonville in Chicago. It's a lot of fun. It's called Sofo. Uh, we were at Sofo and uh, you guys had left. I was staying for like just like one more drink just to have fun and like you know, maybe, maybe meet some new people. 
Um, and I see this guy out of the corner of my eye, and I'm like, oh, shit. And it's the guy that you're out talking it's to? definitely the guy that I was. I did not want to see that night. Um, and not because I wanted to see anybody else, just because I wanted to go out and have fun. No, it just looked awkward because all right. your friends had left, and yes. now it looks like you went out anyway. And exactly. Off. Yeah. And so he started texting me all this crazy shit. Like, like from inside the bar? From inside the bar. Like, he very also very clearly like, could have come up to me, but at this point, I couldn't see where he was. Yeah. And so he was texting me, like, actually kind of awful things. And I definitely felt creeped out then. I did not feel like he was a serial killer and going to put me into a planter, however. Right. So it's just crazy. How many like how many serial killers have been gay that we know of? I only know of Dahmer, really. Dahmer. Well, and, and John Wayne Gacy, too, though, wasn't to a certain, he? To a certain extent. But not, I think he, not, I think not his, quite Dahmer, though. I don't think that he... Yeah, I don't think that Gacy was, like, straight up, like, gay. I think he just had, like, weird sexual... Like stuff. Yeah, and John Wayne Gacy, by the way, and Jeffrey Dahmer, both Chicago area serial killers. It's insane. If you ever come to Chicago, you need to go to the L and L Tavern, by the way, at Clark and Belmont, where both of those serial killers picked up one of their victims. Yes, yeah, which crazy. is just a crazy coincidence of epic proportions. So I want to talk a little bit about this guy. Please, um, sixty-six, but in two thousand one, he basically was charged with an assault against a male prostitute with a metal pipe. What the fuck? So he already had a prior. Also, he avoided jail time for this. He didn't even go to jail for this. He basically just said, in, in like the proper Canadian, like polite way, he just said, well, I'll stay away from gay village and male prostitutes. No way. I swear to God. That is all that he had to do? All he had to do. He so promised just to stay away from a neighborhood and male prostitutes. Oh, no, I'll just stay away. I, I won't go near him at all. I, I promise I won't go near any of the prostitutes. And then I want to talk about... So there's an angle to this that okay. I want to circle back to. And it's yeah, about, please. And it really applies a lot to this whole show, the Gianni Versace show, oh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. With Andrew Cunanan. Well, I guess he... Would he be classified as a gay serial killer? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess so, he right? is. Yeah. yeah. I get confused, though, sometimes. I mean, I think, I get, think he was sort of just like... I mean, yeah, I guess he was gay because that's like, well, what else were we going to call him? Um, but I think he was just sort of an opportunist. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of, I don't know. You know, like, from do, my, I, from what I, do watch I call the, straight guys opportunists? But it's like, it's like you know, two beers. And from what I watch in the show, it, he basically just manipulized everyone into getting what he wanted. Girl, we've known, so. some, we've known some manipulatives. Yeah. So this is the funny thing. So three people went missing okay. in 2014, all from Gay Village, all LGBT people. The police opened up an investigation. It was called... Um, let's see here. Operation Project, Rainbow. Project Houston. That was the name of the thing. Huh, okay. It only went... Oh, I'm sorry. They went missing in 2012. Gotcha. It only went for two years. They only looked for these people for two years. Huh. And then they said, well, we can't find them. There's no leads. Sure. Then. Fair enough. So, and then um, in 2017... Three more gay men go missing from the Toronto Gay Village. Oh, my God. So they reopened Project Prism. I don't know where they get these things from. I, Canada, I love you. Um, and then that's how they kind of found out that MacArthur had a sexual relationship with one of the victims. It led to him like, basically <clears throat> being charged and arrested. And he's currently standing trial for okay. the murder of five people. All right. So the people that they found in the planters, yep. those are people from 2012? Yes. Okay. How were there pieces of human bodies in planters? I don't know. I mean, were these planters like the size of a house? I mean, how do they not like I mean, smell like, big like human, but I mean like human flesh, I mean, like if rots, right? Yeah, but we bury bodies underground and we don't smell them. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. But And how do they know, 
How did they know to look in the planters? I have no idea. That's was the there part. like a finger sticking no. up? The one day, you know what I mean? Like how did that's how are the they part like, oh, oh, he's gay? They're probably with the flowers. Yeah. You know, like how how did that happen? I mean, I guess just with his profession, they. Oh yeah, well, fair enough. That makes sense. Yeah, but I still wouldn't think to look. And planters. And that's why we're not detectives. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, Canadian or American, you know, uh, yeah, whatever. For sure. On a, on a horse, not on a horse. So, you take your pick. So it is very interesting that when it became to LGBT people, they only looked for them for two years. But mm. I know cold cases that have been open, you know, for tens and twenties of, you know, of years. That's really interesting. So I don't want to blame the police. I don't want to try to say something that is not true, but it just sounds mm. to me that because they were gay... Their lives are not as yeah. doesn't matter as much. Sure, I mean, well, I think it's you know and because they were out in the gay area. Sure, you know, you know. I mean, I think our lives have have never mattered quite as much, um, and uh, that's been evident through through our our own uh, struggle for equality in the states. Yeah, obviously. It's been evident, uh, it was most certainly evident during the AIDS crisis in the late 80s and, and into the 90s. Well, all of the 80s and, and the 90s, I should say. Um, I mean, we've we've never, we've always been a good joke for people. We're a lot of fun to make fun of. We could be the to make sassy fun best of, friend. We're a lot of fun to laugh with. We're, we're really good sassy best friends. We help you pick out your clothes. We help you, you know, decorate your house. But when it comes to, like, real life shit, like, oh, by the way, you're invited to my wedding. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't come. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's those sort of things. Like, actually, you know, we just really want to live real lives, believe it or not. Like, it's not constantly a fucking carnival for us. Right. Like, we really do just want to, like, eat, sleep, and, like, make money. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, find find some love maybe if we can, and that's about it. We're just like you people. Yeah, right? Like, I'm wearing two shoes today. You know, that's how it is. I hope you are, too. But, yeah, so that's the, the gay gardener killer, which is such a strange, strange thing. And I encourage you to look up more about it because the case is just, it's bonkers. You know, what's so, what, what's fun about doing this podcast is we really do get to explore, like, some wacky shit. Yeah. I mean, like, horror in real life for this episode has been about a 23-year-old fucking homeschooled male bomber and about a Canadian gardener serial killer who plays santa claus who plays santa claus <laughs> and he's 66 years old yeah like, what are we talking about today so crazy what we just talked about was horror in real life and that ends this segment for the show um so yeah yeah we're we're um we're freaked out yeah and we'll be right back All right, and welcome back to Friday the 13th. Now we're going into our segment, What You Been Watching, Bitch? What You Been Watching, Bitch? So you want to go first or you want me to? Um, I can go first. Okay, yeah, go first. So I had a really great film experience this week. Um, we have, we, we're very lucky to have a, 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 a movie theater here um, called The Music Box. Mm-hmm. The Music Box is on the Southport Corridor. Um, it's sort of in Lakeview, if, if, yeah, you, if, you, like if you're an, familiar with Chicago. It's like an old-time theater. Old-time theater. They have multiple theaters. The main theater has has like it has like a calliope organ in it. It's, yeah. it's absolutely incredible. It's a I, great place. I usually to go to the uh, the horror yeah the horror thon that they right, have right. and they, they play twenty four hours. They have a twenty four hour yeah. movie marathon, a uh, horror movie marathon every like around Halloween usually, of course. Um, it's a great place to go year round though. They even call themselves Chicago's year round film festival. 
um, and they sort of are. Um, and so this last week, they had the Steven Spielberg Sci-Fi Festival, and oh, it was fun. it was so much fun. I only had time to see one film. Wait, were one you of, able to use your movie pass for this? I could use my movie pass yes, for that. Yes, movie pass. Ding, ding, ding. We need your sponsorship movie pass. Even if you just pay for our movie passes, we're fine with that. Yeah, I'm good. Um, and a couple of our friends, too, please. Yeah. Um, and obviously your husband. Duh. Um, he but, doesn't need to go. Obviously he does. Come <laughs> on. Um, so anyways, I got to see one of my favorite films of all time on the big screen in 35mm E.T. Oh, fun. It was incredible. And you didn't bring Reese's Pieces to this thing? I didn't. And actually, when I got there, I because they have them in the concession, I also forgot to buy them. Um, it was incredible for a number of reasons. Uh, obviously, I got to see it on the big screen for the first time. That was really cool. Oh, you didn't see it when you were a kid? I did not. It came out in 82. I was born in 82. Oh. So, um, the crazy thing about it, though, besides just seeing it on this giant screen were the sounds. Yeah. I could hear things I've never heard before sure. watching that movie, and I've seen it hundreds of times. How did right? it look? It looked, it looked beautiful. Yeah. Looked I mean, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Otherwise, you know... The, there, there was a lot more depth in it because of that 35mm, so and the this, light was just beautiful. So was this the original, or was this the re-released where they took, like, they um, digitally did out the guns? No, this, and... this is the original. Okay. This is the absolute original, and it was fantastic. Fantastic. Cool. So that would that, have been really cool to go to. That's what I was watching this week. It's a little bit different choice for this segment, but I had to talk about it. Yeah, no. What you watching? Um, so I use my movie pass to go see this little movie. Um, I've only been seeing it advertised in places like YouTube or like uh, Facebook, those kind of places. Like I don't think it really had like a big run. Um, but it was called Thoroughbreds. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, this movie is so hard to describe. But in the like a minor synopsis, because I'm not going to spoil this, I yeah, definitely sure. think everyone should go see it. Um, it's basically about a rich girl um, who's tutoring one of her friends that she's kind of been estranged from for a number of years. Sure. Um, and then they come up with this idea that they need to kill her stepfather. What? Because he's a, he's a big dick. Um, and then it kind of ensues from there, and I don't want to give anything else away. Um, I would describe this as probably like a dark comedy thriller. Because it definitely changes tone okay. a lot, um, but it is really funny. Um, Olivia Cook, who is on, oh on yeah, 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 Hotel, sure, sure. Um, she's in it. She does a really great job. I love her. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely give it a shot. Okay, awesome. Um, and then the other shout out here, also a bit of a different choice, but when I went to go see The Strangers, the new one, this also this week. I went to a, uh, a theater in Evanston, Illinois. It's where Northwestern University is. Uh, we went to uh, Century 12 Evanston. And I want to talk about this in this segment specifically because I'm very proud of that theater oh, for cool. having a gender-neutral bathroom. It, was it like um, a single-stall bathroom? No. Or? Well, it was, it, was, it, was, it was just on its own. So I, I'm assuming that it was yeah. just a single-stall. But it was marked very specifically oh, gender-neutral. Nice. Which is so important to my trans folks out there, it wasn't and, just and like folks a who are gender non conforming. Like slapped over right, and it didn't say family restroom or whatever. Yeah. It said gender neutral, and I just I really appreciated seeing that. You know, I, I had actually just finished watching The Strangers. It was like ten o'clock as I had to go late. I was tired. I walked by that, and I just you know I was like you know that's that's, that's awesome, cool. yeah. really really cool. So Century Twelve Evanston. I love you for that, and everyone should go go see films there. You can use your movie pass there. Cool. 
Um, so my last one um, is the Slenderman trailer. Oh. So there's the new movie Slenderman, obviously coming out soon, and the trailer for it. I don't. Have you seen it? I have. Yeah. It looks real dumb. Yeah, it's. I. It, you know, I, I'm hoping that it's not so dumb because obviously we're going to have to cover that because yeah. it's it's both horror in real life and horror in media. I know. Um, I really hope it's. Oh, not so that maybe bad. we save our Slenderman stuff for that episode. I think it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Because and there is there's a I, that is a whole episode worth of shit to talk about. Yeah. That is some fucked up shit. So anyway, the trailer it looks just like this generic people running around. They're showing little things of the Slender Man. It's very like washed out. Like very yeah. like when they started doing that in the mid two thousands with like movies like The Ring and like stuff like that, where it just looked like lifeless. Yeah, and it just looks bad. It's like one giant Instagram filter, like for the and whole thing. I'm sorry, but if your trailer does not have dialogue in it. I'm not trusting it to be a very good movie. Why, why would you? Yeah. Why would so, you? We'll see. Okay, so that's what we're watching right now. Yeah. And if you have things that you're watching that you want to tell us about that we should be watching, then you got to tell us Tell us on we Facebook. should be watching. So we're going to put up a special thread this week that you can chime in on. We want to hear from you what you're watching, bitch, because we want to watch it too. Oh, there's one that I wanted to tell you about. Please. Because I know you love it, Fowler. Tell them about so it follows. Oh, I love. By the way, it follows is one of my favorite horror films of all time. I fucking love it. So I just want to tell you to go watch the trailer for Under the Silver Lake. Oh, I haven't. I haven't even heard of this it's, yet. The, the trailer just came out, but it's the same director, and it's his next movie. Oh my god! And it oh looks like a very like um, mystery. So type Under movie. the Silver Lake. Yeah. Go okay. Watch it. Go we'll, watch it. And we'll put that on our Facebook page for sure, so it'll be there. Sorry, I just wanted to throw that. Out. No, I'm glad you yeah. did. Okay, folks, we'll be right back. Hang tight, get a glass of wine, because we're going to talk about horror in media next. The first thing I remember knowing was a lonesome whistle blowing and a youngin's dream of growing up to ride. On a freight train leaving town, not knowing where I'm back. Welcome back to Friday the 13th, everyone. Are you ready for horror? In media, I know I am. I know Andrew is. I know our producer Michael is. He's on the couch. You can't see him or hear him, but he's here. He's here with us right now, watching every step you take. Andrew, I'm going to pass it off to you right now because you are ready to talk about The Strangers. Yes, we are talking about The Strangers. This is the 2008 film starring Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman as our principal characters. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's some other there's some other uh, people in this as well, but they're kind of the main two that we follow. Remember Liv Tyler? I do. Mm. I actually really like Liv Tyler. I, I, I do too. I love her too. Um, so basically the main premise for The Strangers is we have a couple that is coming back from a wedding reception. Um, at the beginning, we don't really know what's wrong with them, but they're obviously physically upset. Um, or I'm sorry, visibly upset. Um, Liv Tyler's crying. And physically upset. Yeah. Why not? Liv Tyler's crying. Scott Speedman looks pissed as hell. Um, later on, we find out that he proposed to her at this wedding reception, which a major faux pas. You do not 
propose to someone at someone else's wedding. Which is actually what this movie is all about. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. Um, and then uh, they are going to their family summer home where he has basically set up like a very romantic, because he thought she was going to say yes, a very romantic get together. So there's like flower petals everywhere. He's got like a nice bath ready to be drawn. Dinner's all set up. Like it's very like, ooh, this is super awkward. Um, and then we kind of just follow them through the night for a little while until, um, basically they're starting to get frisky because they're trying to like make up and all of a sudden out of nowhere, boom, boom, boom. Like there is the loudest bang at their front door and they're like, what the fuck? It's not like Girl Scouts. No, it is. I will tell you one thing and we can talk more about this after I synopsize. Mm -hmm. The sound design in this movie is wonderful. It's It's really, really good. Um, so basically, um... He goes to answer the door, and first of all, the porch light is out, so you can't see who's at the door. You can kind of only see just a little bit of an outline of her. This is 2008, so there was mm-hmm. no, like, Alexa bulbs yeah, out there exactly. right now. Um, so, and she asks, is Tamra here? And he's like, well, first of all, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. Why are you here at my front door? And then also, no, go away. And she's like, okay. And she just leaves. And so you're like, okay, that's weird. And then let's let's also put in the fact that, like, this is their summer home. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But not... So this is one criticism I have. If you're going to have someplace be out in the middle of nowhere, no street lights. Come on. Yeah, fair enough. Like, I did not have street lights where I grew up. And certainly not uh, that close to the actual house. Yeah. Like, maybe, like, off in the distance, yeah. but come on. But anyway, um, then craziness ensues. Uh, he goes to buy cigarettes for her. Um, then she gets... For Liv Tyler. Yeah, for Liv Tyler. Um and she basically gets terrorized by mm-hmm. these strangers for a little while until he comes back, of course doesn't believe her, until he sees one for himself, and things get batshit crazy. Yeah. And it, it's weird, because this movie, <clears throat> they could have definitely killed them at any moment. But sure. that's not really like what they're about. Yeah. They're about the terror. Yeah. They're about making you scared to the point where you're making irrational decisions, so it's easier to kill yeah. So wait, who are these people? So we don't know who they are, but we do have kind of um, nicknames for them, if you will, based sure. upon the masks that they wear. Um, so we have Dollface, Pinup Girl, and the Man in the Mask. So it's two women and one man, okay. one man, which is kind of interesting if you think about it. It's not it usually is. that way. Um, and this movie, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, this is like right up there. Like I know that there are some people that don't like this movie because they think it's predictable and that the body count's low and like, but this for me. I, this like this one like still. What, me. Can I just say something too? Because the body counts low. What a time to be alive! I know. I know. Like what a time to be alive! <laughs> what is going on? Anyways, it is, it is it, it's, it's horror though. Yeah. I get it. You know, it, it is. It's fun in the movies to see this. I, I yeah. understand. But I I really like this movie. I think it's like a creeping terror. Yeah. That like really in the end is brutal. I mean, I, I can tell you for sure um, that this is one. One horror movie that I was very scared to go see. Yeah. I was single when it came out, um, way back when. And I remember, like, seeing the... the tra- I can't remember what the trailer even was, to be honest with you. But I remember seeing the trailer and going, I am not going to see that. Yeah. Hell no, am right. I seeing that. And meanwhile, I'm like, I cannot wait to yeah, see right. this. <laughs> and and it, it did take me... Actually, it took me until I met you to see it. Oh, now, really? Now that I, I think about that. it. Yeah. yeah. So that was years later, once you had met Michael and yada, yada, whatever. Um, and I finally was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna watch it, yeah. and it definitely because I was single when I watched it too, and it terrified me. There's something about being 
I, I don't mean to talk about this so much in this episode, but there's something about being a single person watching a horror film yeah. that makes it that much scarier. Yeah, because you're alone. Yeah, because you're alone, and you know that like you're going to go to bed, and there's no one to, like, you know, you know, cuddle you and tell you, oh, that was just a movie. Yeah. Like, you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and go, there's a fucking, like, sack man over my yeah. head ready to fucking kill me, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, there's, there's some of the things I really like about this movie. Um the like I said before, the sound design is really sound good. Is very like bad. when I went and saw this in the theater, because I saw this in the theater, um, and if you have a nice sound system, you'll be able to hear this too. But sure. um, they designed it so that when the bangs happen, they only come from like one speaker in the theater. Mm. So it's like you're almost there with them. Yeah. Um, another thing about the banging and everything. Did you know this is a little slice of trivia? Um, the director basically he he tricked Liv Tyler. He told her, as an actress, okay, the sound is going to come from over here, you're going to react, blah, 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 and then he would do it from the complete opposite. He did it. Uh, interesting. So that's why her reactions are so, like... Genuine? Genuine. Because she never knew what to expect. Yeah. And that is and that is what... that That's the mark of a good actor, too, yeah. is, is are they showing you discovery? Yeah. Are they showing you discovery in the moment? Are they, are they discovering that thing for the first time? Yeah. And it was genuine. And I think she's like, I think she <clears throat> is the strength of this movie. I think Scott. Yeah, Spie- sure. I think Scott Speedman does a fine job. He's just kind of there. I think he's the dude that doesn't believe women. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, like, but and just, that's like, what it going is. Going back to her reactions, like you can see, she gets like these tents like in her neck, yeah. and it's just, oh, it's terrifying. I mean, Liv, yeah. Liv Tyler, she, she's a great actress. Like, yeah. have, have you ever seen her in anything that she's that you haven't liked her work? Really? I mean, I've never seen Pearl Harbor. That's probably the only. thing. I mean, has but... anyone seen Pearl Harbor? Oh wait, is she in that? She's in that, She right? is in Pearl no, Harbor. No, no, that's Kate Beckinsale. I'm talking about, um, what's the astronaut movie? Well, even still, has anyone seen Pearl Harbor? I mean, back to the main subject I here. No one wants to see it. And Michael know. Shannon, we love you. You're from Chicago. But other than that, no. Yeah. You know? Um, but, I mean, I think that the ending is brutal. Um, you really care about these people. Yeah, like, you, you want, Like, you want them to live. And I know that we haven't talked about it quite yet, but I definitely care about them more than I care about the family and the strangers. Fair enough. Too. Fair and we'll enough. talk about yeah. that more, of course. But. Um, but I just, there's something about this movie that it just like gets it for me. You so, know? I want interesting question. You know, the, the 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 title is the strangers. Who are the strangers? So that's the thing. Like, we don't know. Are the strangers the killers? Yes. Or are the strangers? Liv Tyler and no, Scott Speedman. No, well, obviously they're the killers. Well, but I mean, but but it, it really could be either though too, right? I mean, no, like, well, because you get I'm to just, know these guys; they're well, not strangers to you anymore. Well, but I'm just saying, like, in in context of that world, though, like, what if what if this is also sort of just a model of what the world really is, right? And there are these people who are, you know, who are about to get engaged and yeah. and this and that and whatever. What if they're really strangers in this world? You know, something to, this is something to go think about. Go a little about. deep here. Well, I'm just saying, you, know, cuts, you know that I go deep. deep. <laughs> you know that I go deep, girl. So I'm just saying, like, you know, back and forth, kind of flip it around. Yeah. It's something to think about. Are we strange? Are we, as good people, actually strangers in a world that is really bent on being bad? I don't know. I'm just putting that out there. Um. So this was directed by Brian Bertino. And um, do you want to know what his kind of inspiration for this was? Can I just tell you one thing really sure. quick? Bertino is the last name of my childhood priest growing up. So that actually kind of freaked me out. You go right ahead. Um, So basically he had two kind of things that inspired this for him. Mm -hmm. The first one is the Helter Skelter, you know, the book about the Manson Manson murders. Sure, of course. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, But then he has this other story from childhood that's really interesting that kind of inspired Yeah, tell us about that. So basically he was home with his sister alone, like their parents had gone out or something, and someone knocked at the door. 
Um, and his sister answered the door, and they asked for someone. It, we don't know if it was Tamara or not. We don't know if it gets that literal. Um, but uh, they basically said, like, no, there's nobody here by that name. And they're like, okay, sorry, we're moving on. And basically it came to be the next day that they were going to every people, every person's um, house in that neighborhood and knocking on the door. And if no one answered, they robbed the place. Which, which begs the question, would these movies be different if they had said, you know what, actually, Tamara's in the living room, I'll grab her for you right yeah. now. You know what I mean? Like, would that have changed the whole dynamic? Well, and I guess they let that, maybe that's why they chose such a weird name. I guess so. I mean, I, I actually, I do know two Tamaras. I work with a Tamara, and I know a Tamara as a friend. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tamara's a pretty uncommon name, for the most part. So two other little, like pieces of trivia for bring this. it out the original name of it was called the faces which oh. i think the strangers i think the strangers is a much stronger title but it's interesting the faces yeah. it's very like greek drama yeah like it's interesting huh interesting. and then um the only other thing is that unlike most films this was actually shot in chronological order was it really yeah the whole thing the whole thing do, uh, do you know how long they shot for was it was it a I very long process I'm not sure. Probably not, but that's that's something interesting. And then the other thing, a lot most films are not shot chronologically. It's just it's it's just sort of impossible to do. Right. And all of the establishing shots, so all of the outside shots are of an actual house out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but all of the interior was all built. That's not a soundstage. So it's all soundstage. That's why her really screens are so amplified. That's why mm. all the sounds are so amplified. Like there's something that's to that. really something to think yeah. about. Well, well done. And her and her scream so is good. her screams. It's genuine. Yeah. It's genuine, yeah. and it's and it's good. It's always good. I want to talk about a couple scenes, please. Yeah, I think on. the scene where she's uh, smoking in the living room, and the the man in the mask just kind of fades in is beautiful, and then like just kind of fades out. Like that is that like mise en scene that is really important for you to gauge uh, a, a director's skill, yeah. right? Because it's all about stage picture, mm-hmm. and beautiful pictures are what stay with you, yeah. And that's what stays with you from this film are just like that little lurking in the shadows that little focus right behind and and it's right it's right where she can't see it but it's exactly. right where it's going to get you in the heart I know. every single time and oh, you think she's just going to get it right there you're like oh my god the movie's almost over already yeah, and, and, and she doesn't she yeah. doesn't get it right there which you know which gives you some sort of key into what these folks do that they are as you were saying before that they are probably bent on terror but what's interesting is that you, you don't because they're wearing masks you, you're never able to see really how it affects them. Right. So, you know, you, you don't know if it's giving them joy or if they're getting off on this Well, I have something to say about that. Yeah, well, but, okay, sure. Um, another um, one that I really want to throw out there, um, gosh, I just had it. What was the scene? Oh, where his friend shows up. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, So there's this scene <clears throat> where basically earlier in the movie, Scott Speedman had called his friend that we, they were at the wedding with and basically yeah. said, like, Hey, I know you're drunk, but like when you wake up, can you come and get me? Like it, things didn't work out the way I thought they were going to. And I gotta go. Yeah. So he shows up. Shit is tore up. Like the door's been axed. Like everything. So he's like, "What is going on here?" I thought it was an engagement party. And meanwhile, the man in the mask had turned on loud music. So he does go like, "James, like anybody here?" But yeah. because it's so loud music, like it, it wasn't happening. Yeah. So he starts to, like, investigate the house, and he's walking down the hallway, and the man in the mask is right behind him. He doesn't know that, but... And he's got an axe, so you're like, oh, this guy's totally gonna get killed by the man in the mask. Little do we, little did he know, Scott Speedham and Liv Tyler had basically found a shotgun 
and just barricaded themselves into a not barricaded hid in a room and basically just pointed the gun at the at open whatever door. was about to come exactly. down the hallway and right as he's about to go hello blasted in the face with a shotgun and it did not look pretty no and then of course scott speedman's like oh my gosh what have i done he has a emotional breakdown but um, let's so, let's kind of skip to the end. Well, yeah, because I mean, that that's going to affect him for the rest of the film. Right. Go ahead. Um, so basically, Scott Speedman and Liv Tyler have gotten split up, but then they are basically thrust back into with each other, and they're both under capture from the strangers. They finally gotten captured. The whole so they're pursuit, tied up in chairs. They're tied up in chairs, and basically, the strangers take off their masks. We don't get to see what they look like, but Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman do, and this is to me basically signifying. You're not going to live through this because yeah. now you know our faces, right? And I think it's like a little reassurance for them as well that they have to now go through with this, right? Sure. And they just take turns slowly stabbing them one by one, and it is—it's gruesome. It's and, just terrifying. And remind me—is this where we hear? You know, is this yeah. where we hear why? Why are you doing this? Yeah. So basically, they're tied up, and Liv Tyler's like, "Why are you doing this to us?" And, and their just answer like, is because you were home. So it's random. So it's it's random. And it, you know, it goes back to what, what we were talking about in the, um, what, we, what we were talking about in our horror in real life segment. It's that, it's that, that, that total like nihilist view of life, right? Like, yeah. like what is, everything is happening completely randomly anyway. What's the point of this? Yeah. Like, whether it's you're going to a country a music show in Las Vegas with thousands of people and suddenly you're getting shot for yeah. no reason, or whether you're picking up a package bomb. Um, in Austin, Texas, or whether you're at a nightclub in Orlando and you, and you get gunned down, or whether you're in school in Parkland, Florida, and you get gunned down, like it, it's it's terrifying sometimes to think about how life is just so random. Yeah, and this movie really does a great job of bringing that to your attention and saying, look. Life is fucking random. So, man. so appreciate every minute. So literally appreciate every minute that you have that you're not getting chopped up by a stranger. Yeah. So I'm going to talk to you about just like the couple of like things that I didn't like about this movie. Mm. And there's, yeah. there's just there's just two. About, that about, about you're talking about the first one right now. The first right? one. Yeah. 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 Sure. There's okay. just like two, and one's just kind of a little thing about for me is the movie opens at the end. Yeah. I hate when they do when, this. When the kids come in and discover yeah, it. Yeah, I just yeah. don't like that. Like, let me discover for myself Well, I wonder happens. why he chose to do that. They do that a lot in horror movies. I, I don't know why, but... Well, you know, I, I guess I, I, would, I would only say this. At least it was a choice. Yeah. You know, at least it was a choice. And honestly, it's just a personal preference of mine. Yeah, right. I prefer, as a, as a viewer of the movie, to have things unfold, like... And I would have no idea. Yeah, I feel Rather that. than being told. I feel you, yeah. Um, and then the very, very, very end. No. I'm not a fan of. So when the kids come in, mm-hmm. they find the bodies, and he goes up to he goes up to basically I think check the pulse of Liv Tyler, and she like bursts up and just like ah yeah, and I'm just like that's so cheap. Like well, don't do that. Well, and I I just I also don't like ambiguous endings. I know I'm, I'm not into that sort of thing. Like so just like, just have her be dead. It, we're either like, finished or we're not finished. Yeah, yeah. you know. So, so and it doesn't even play but, into the sequel either. So, so. but like random question for you though. Do you ever so let's let's say you're at home. Yeah. Let's say Michael's out of town, you know, whatever, you're by yourself. The door like there's a knock on the door. Yeah. Or even like the doorbell rings completely unexpectedly. Do you go answer it? Like do you go to the door to answer it? So, I will tell you that because we live in Chicago 
and I know it's either a political person doing like something or somebody trying to sell something or Mormons or a or, FedEx guy like just <laughs> they're trying to get into the building yeah. any way that he can I don't yeah I, but that's just like the cynic in me that's not yeah. like being scared about it sure so okay so if, when you were in Michigan would you well, I would just kind of like look out the window. Look out the window, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to see who it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd have to say, like, when I when I think about when I used to live at my my family's house in Indiana, I would go and and answer the door. Really, I would. Yeah, see, I go into like I go into that like, was just like what we did. I go into like Tyrannos- Tyrannosaurus Rex mode, where yeah. like if I don't move, they can't see me. Yeah, sure, <laughs> so. right. So I mean, but yeah, like I mean, I think now, I mean, I've lived in the city for so long, and there's you know so much can happen here, and so much does happen here. Like, if somebody ever came, like, up the stairs to my door and knocked on it, hell no. no. I, in fact, I'm going to stay in my living room and, like, yell at the door. I have the cops on the phone. I have a gun. I don't have, I don't have guns. I have a gun. <laughs> I've got, like, a knife. Like, do not come in here. You, you, know, you know what you'll I mean? You'll regret like, it. You'll regret it. And they would, they, would, they would hear me and they would laugh at me anyway. But yeah. it's just the point. I don't answer it now. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say. Was there anything you wanted to talk about about the strangers? I just just that I that I liked it a lot. I mean, I, and for me, like it, I do get it, like a little bit deeper than most folks do. I think about some of these films. Um, I, I I am really interested in in thinking about who are the strangers here because uh, I think we're, I think we are experiencing that now in our lives in America. Who are strangers and and who are not? Who are we like? Who do we want to be around? Am I a stranger living here? Am I a stranger yeah. living there? Like, there's a lot for us to think about. And well, and we're constantly in the presence of strangers. Yeah, I mean, and on we're, the train, and um, like we're constantly in the presence of fear. Yeah, which brings me to the next film, uh, to Strangers Pray at Night. Yeah, Are you do ready, you want to take this one? Well, well, I'll, I'll just I'll just kind of start off there yeah. if you don't mind. Like, so you know, the Strangers Pray at Night is is a it follows. I'm sorry, what? Decade later, ten years later. Decade later, it, yeah, exactly. Pardon. Yes, it's ten years later. Um, so this follows um, a family this time, and you uh, you meet the family at their house in Cincinnati, and uh, they're getting ready to go on a trip. You're not exactly sure why, um, but you meet the daughter, and uh, and who was who was the mom from Mad Men? What is her damn name? Christina. Hendricks? Hendricks. Christina Hendricks. Yeah. I always want to say Christina Applegate, and it's clearly not Christina Applegate. See, I work with someone that has a very oh, yeah. similar name, so I always yeah. try to accidentally so, say that name. Because so my, 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 I think one of my favorite parts of this film is that, is that Christina Hendricks is in it. I yeah, actually, she's good. I love her so much. I loved Mad Men. I actually think the parents both are pretty good. The, the parents are both good, and the daddy is really sexy the whole time. Do you know what other horror movie there. he's from? Uh, remind me, I, I, I just ring. forgot. The Ring. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. He's much younger than that, um, We'll also talk about um, a pornographic version of The Ring later on oh. in another episode called The Hole. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um, so, but start over. We meet the family. They're in Cincinnati. They're about to go on a trip. The daughter is very distraught. We don't know what's going on. We don't know why. Uh, but we eventually find out as they go to pick up the son who's playing baseball. He's so all-American. His name is Luke, and he's also really cute. They pick him up on the way, and they're going out to the country, and you learn that they are going to drop off a daughter at her new boarding school. Mm-hmm. So clearly there are problems at home. There are problems at school for her. She's not she's not doing well in school. She's, she's cutting she's class. She's, just, she's totally pissed. She's smoking in front of her parents. She's probably like 16, maybe even 15 from, from what we can tell. Um, she's, not, she's not in a good place. The family needs to get it together. So on the way to this new school... They decide, they decide that they're going to spend the night 
at Uncle Marv's out in the out in the country um, at what was the lake called? Gatlin Lake. Yeah. At Gatlin Lake. Uh, fun fact: same lake from Children of the Corn. Oh no way! So full, like, I did not even it's know like a that. Little, little plug there. Oh my god! Everyone, write that down right now. Like I am with my red pen on my card. Um, I love Children of the Corn too. Interesting. So they go to Gatlin Lake. And Uncle Marv is supposed to be there to help them out, but Uncle Marv is old, so he's gone to bed. He's left a note in the office for them. So they, they get the key, they go to the trailer where they're going to stay at this, you know, lake getaway yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like a mix between like a... Like a Sleepaway camp and Yeah, a, it's kind of like a campground, Yeah, but it has also like trailers. You but can it have. also has trailers, which yeah. which is a, I think is a fairly common thing in Ohio. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely... I, I mean, really like throughout the Midwest, yeah. like we've, we've been there. Um, I'm, just, I'm really sick of people calling this a trailer park. It's not no, a trailer park. It's, it's not a trailer park. Yeah. This is, it's definitely like, like a lake getaway. So um, so they go off and, and they get there. And then, of course, what happens? The strangers are there. Yeah. So the strangers are there. They get a knock on the door while the kids are out because the daughter, of course, had a breakdown about going to school and blah, 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 blah whatever. Yeah. So while Luke and the daughter are out, I can't remember the daughter's name right now, but Luke and Sis, while they're Kinsey. outside, Kinsey, while Luke and Kinsey are outside doing their thing, Parents are inside, also starting to get frisky. Who knocks at the door but the same girl asking if Tamara is home? Same uh, same idea, too. There's the lights Everything. off. Everything. The, the yeah. whole thing is there. The dad notices that the light is off outside. He twists it back in, yada, yada, yada. The girl goes off. She's done. Eventually, she comes back and asks if Tamara is home again. Same girl, same thing. Except this time when she leaves, bitch stops at the grass and looks back, and you know something is about yeah. to go down. And, and I then will, something do. I will give it to this family at least. They at least like put it together quicker. They did. You know what I mean? Like they're like, yeah. holy shit, this is like something bad. Well, there's more at stake, yeah. right? I mean, it's it's not just two people. It's right. like it's like it's two people plus their children. Yeah. You know, and like and like it's two children that like it's 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 two children that both actually have a lot of hope, right? Yeah. Like I mean, so like Luke the son is set up to be like the all American boy. Like, he, like, we meet him playing fucking baseball, for God's sake. And, like, he's, like, totally, like, you know, cute and good-looking. He's mm-hmm. also Bill Pullman's son, hey, as you let me that. know. Sorry, but I had to say it. So, you know, we meet him, and he's good. And, like, the daughter is clearly having troubles, but, like, she's going to a boarding school now. Like, yeah. you know, there's hope ahead for these kids. And, like, this family, like, is clearly looking forward and, like, seeing something ahead. And what I did like about the family dynamic is that the parents actually do get along. Like, they're not, like, a feuding couple or, like, do you know what I mean? I totally know what you mean. It's Absolutely. Just like, in these kind of movies, it's always like the parents are at odds with each other, and in this one, at least they're like in love. They're yeah, like they're trying totally to make their family. Well, work. and like, and like, they're also like, they're both like. I mean, I'm not trying to be weird about it, but they're both like sexy, right? Yeah. I mean, like, they're both like really good looking people, and they both like they want to have like a happy time. Like, yeah. this isn't a family where like bad things are supposed to happen to them, right? Like, this is a family in like mid America. They're trying to do things right, and like, and like, they're they're on kind of their last legs with the daughter, and they just want something to, to go right, and things don't. Yeah, things go bad actually really pretty quickly, especially they, like so quickly because I did not expect Christina Hendricks to die when she did. Mama was dead. She's the first kill in this movie. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say that. Uncle Marv and Auntie, whatever her name yeah. are, they're basically the first kills. But, but, hey, I did notice the strangers don't kill the dog. That's nice. They don't kill the dog. In fact, they even pet the dog, if you noticed. Yeah. They pet the dog when they got into bed with Uncle Marv. Um, so, yeah, Mama is the first one to die. 
And and she is killed right in front of her daughter. Yeah, I got a big problem about this scene. Though. Oh, well, 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 talk about okay, that. Okay, first of all, I did appreciate that she was able... So basically what happens is um, they come back for some strange reason, I don't remember, um, when they were all outside. They were all looking for each other, and the daughter and the... Oh, because they found the dead body. So that's, they, 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 they found Uncle Marvin, the auntie, and then Daddy sent Mama. And, so and, the dad and, and the son go to home. investigate the body, right. which I'm like, they told you it's a dead body. Do you need to see it? Exactly. And then the mom and the daughter go back to the trailer. Oh, wait, wait. Can I just say one thing really quick before, before you yeah. get to that? Okay, it is 2018. Who doesn't have their phone with them all the time? Yeah. So I wanted to say that. Go ahead. Um, so they get back to the trailer. They discover that all their phones have been smashed. And then... Um, I'll tell you how it wouldn't have been smashed if you had it in your damn pocket. Yeah, and then Dollface is there, and she has a knife. And she chases them into the bathroom, which is a trailer. So the first thing I had a criticism of is that... And, but they, they remedied themselves. I was like, have you ever seen a trailer door? It's like the most flimsy thing ever. Yeah, you can crash it, right through that it, thing. It's not like made of oak. Yeah, but then she does. She crashes right through it. Um, um, they get... What is her name again? Kinsey gets Kinsey. out through the the roof because there's like a little ventilation. Right, right. Um, and then we call that a sunroof in my trailer. <laughs> I just I get so mad because like the mom doesn't even try to fight back. She literally just stands there and is like, yeah. "Well, I'm just gonna get killed." I mean, now. I I think that I think that she I, I I was thinking the same thing right there. Like she, I I think she knew that she had exactly enough time to get to get the kid out. But that was it. I'm sorry, but if someone's coming at you with a knife, are you at least not going to try to kick, punch, fight back, anything? Oh, that's a good point. I mean, I, and maybe, but, you know, Christina Hendricks is a smart actress. Yeah. So I guess, I, I don't know. I mean, like, if, if we do like her, which we both do. Yeah. If we both think she's talented, we both do. Why did she make that choice? Yeah. Why, what, what was that choice it for? It just bugged me. Because, I mean, I mean, obviously she, she didn't want her daughter to see her being killed. Yeah. I mean, that, that wouldn't be the, the right choice. So why did she just sort of give in? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Because no one, no one else really gives in, I guess. No, there is another one that I want to talk about. Okay, well, yeah. So, so basically then um, the dad and the son discover the mom dead. They get in, the tr- yeah. they get in their um, car to Which like... Which that, that, was, that was hard. Yeah. Like, I mean, I actually... When, when the son's... It, it was hard to watch. Yeah, it was right? awful. It really was. Um, they go off and get in their van. I think they have a van or an SUV or something. Something like that. Um, and they're driving around the, the, the park to try to they find... They have a Honda Odyssey with two DVD yeah. players. <laughs> to try to find um, Kinsey. Right. Um, and they're driving around, and basically the man in the mask throws something at the windshield that just, like... It looked like it was, like, a water balloon? I thought that was kind of cheesy, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, because, well, because it's also, like... I, I don't know. It, it yeah. just seemed like a little, a little far fetched. Yeah. So it sends the the van like off, and they basically crash into another trailer with a porch, a wood porch on it, and the wood porch basically pins the dad, or I think it like kind of goes it, I, it goes into yeah. his stomach, like and it pins there. him to the seat. Yeah. So he's basically like you, you know, he has this moment, of course, with the son, like I love you, blah 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 blah. It's about a driver's yeah. restraint. Jesus. And then. Um, Basically, the son goes off to find Kinsey. He's like, go find your sister. I think the son did a great job there, too. Like, you could really see the choices he was making in his face. Yeah. And, like, he, he like, you know, was trying to get this thing fucking out of his dad's stomach. Yeah. And, and he's like, okay, you know what? I, I'm going to go get Kinsey. Everything's going to be okay. Like, he, he really did a great job of, like, calming people down. Yeah. And that was, I thought that was, it was, it was interesting. But then, so after that, the man in the mask comes and just, like, gets in the car with him. Gets in the yeah, car with the dad. Yeah, yeah. Which had to be fucking terrifying. I, right. I honestly imagine that. This is the this is the part where I realize, oh, 
the strangers are just misunderstood DJs. Oh my god, tell me. <laughs> because they just every time they have to kill somebody, they have to have either put on a record or turn on the you know turn on the radio. Yeah, what or, is that about? I don't know. It's I thought uh, I it so funny. Do you know what song he was playing there? Uh, for that one. This whole soundtrack is all like synthy eighties pop, music. and it's and it's a great soundtrack yeah. by the way. It's wonderful. No, I really liked it too because it also like helps you harken back to that like sleepaway camp kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like I just. The whole premise of them, like, needing music to kill people just cracked me up. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, he basically sits there with the dad. The dad's trying to get out, trying to do anything he can. But then, like, he pulls out... I forget what he pulls out. It's like a... It's an ice pick. Like an ice pick. It's an ice pick. And I'm sorry, but if someone's coming at me with an ice pick, I'm at least going to try to shove their arms away. He just slowly goes up and stabs him in the neck. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not going to at least try to fight back? Yeah, and he didn't at all. So... That's like those are like the two deaths that I had. Like a, I was like, this, what is, is this going to be a bad movie? Why did the parents enjoy the sweet embrace of death? I don't know. I don't. That that's a question that I think it's I think it's a legitimate question. Why you, didn't they fight back? Right now, it's almost at that exact halfway point where I actually start to like the movie because yeah, sure. the first half of this movie I wasn't really into. So there's definitely one moment in the in the in the movie when they were before any kills happen. Then I was definitely like, what is this Come writing on. going to be? So they're, they're all in the car, and they're all on the way to, you know, to, to Gatlin Lake. And uh, the, the kids are in the back seat, and total cliche, the kids are fighting. Of course they're fighting. And so, like, the, the Kinsey calls Luke a name. I forget what she says. But then Luke calls her a queef. Yeah. And the dad turns around and says, what's a queef? And, and, and of course, everyone laughs. And, like, let's be honest. Like, this like, guy's probably, like... He, he's 40, like 45. Yeah, he's like, not that old. Yeah. Like, dude, you probably know what a queef is better than I do, for God's sake. And I know what one is. Yeah. So, like, it, it, and that's just, like, such a small thing. But it's, you know, it's like, come on. Like, we, we are capable of better writing than that. Right. Some of the establishing writing to where we get to know the family is just not that strong. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But then after this, we get... I think the best scene of the entire movie. Which one is this? The pool scene. Oh, the pool scene is fantastic. So basically, um, when those lights come on, are you yeah. ready? Oh wait, I think I missed the part. Oh so my god! They find Kinsey. They get reunited. Luke and Kinsey get reunited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They find a gun. Yes, yes, yeah. Pool scene comes later. We, comes we, later. We've Sorry. skipped a little bit. Um, they, they they find a gun. They're all ready to go, right. and then one of the strangers shows up. I forget which one. I think it's Dollface again. It's Dollface again. Um, because we we don't need Pinup Girl until the pool. No, we see her before that. We do? Yeah. In the, in the, the tunnel? tunnel? In the tunnel. Yeah. That's right. Never mind. Sorry. Um, we'll get to that scene in a Got little it. bit. I want to save that for a special. Y'all, Shut you up. can tell when we start to get our timelines mixed up, it correlates with the number of glasses of wine that we've had. <laughs> so continue. Yeah. So basically they find a gun, they're all set up, and then um, Pinup Girl, is, or Dollface is there in the trailer with them. Thank you. And he, Luke aims the gun at, at her, and she's like, oh, what are you going to, are you going to oh, shoot yes, me? Yes, we have to talk about and I'm just like, yes, shoot her. She killed your mother. Mm. Like, shoot her. But. And then he doesn't. He doesn't. But who is calling for him to do it? The sister. The sister. Yeah. And, and that, she, I thought, was a really interesting um, device. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, I don't think it's, a, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's as deep as I wanted to go. Yeah, I think it's just like she's supposed to be the hard one. And yeah, he's I guess. like the soft, you know what I mean? Sure. Like the, I don't know. The good kid. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, but then they run off to find... They run off and get into another trailer to hide. And he... She's been stabbed in the leg. Yeah. Um, and so he's trying to treat her wounds. He puts down the gun, of course, because you always put down the gun. 
Um, and the I, I, for one, was not expecting this. I wasn't either. The truck comes through the trailer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it knows which trailer they're in, and it just, like, rams the trailer. And it, it goes, like, it, at least halfway through the trailer. Yeah, it almost like it's gets in, to it's, it's inside. Yeah. So the gun is gone. Yeah. The gun is totally gone. Then they run off. He hides her under one of the porches to basically, because she can't run. Like, she's hurt. Um, and then this is when the pool scene happens. Yes. So he goes to the office of the park to basically try to get a phone or whatever. There's a stranger in there. He runs out to this ginormous, like, pool. Like, basically a yes. candy pool. Right. And all of a sudden, all the lights come on, and it is this neon extravaganza. It's glorious. <laughs> like, it's actually, like, where I want to go for my birthday I this want year. this pool. Like, so bad. It's all, it's like, palm trees. 80s it's, neon. Yeah, it's, like, it's like it's like fucking Florida or, yeah. like, or like Hawaii in Ohio. Yeah. Like, what you... It's like it's what like I imagine what you, Miami is like. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like something that like you like you you like thought was god awful when you were like growing up, but now you're like, oh my god, I need this in my life. Yeah, again, like right now. And I think that this is the best scene of the whole movie, in my personal opinion. I think it's wonderful because I think that the fight that happens yeah. between well, so there's there's actually like two fights. There's the fight between Pinup Girl and Luke. And then after he smacks her in the face. That's my favorite part. So, with a golf club. He's basically like looking around, like investigating the pool area, and there's this shot where it is like really far away, and all of a sudden it just like zooms in, and she's coming like yeah. full force running at him with a knife, and he just you don't think he sees her, you're like, yeah. oh shit, this is where it's gonna happen, yeah, and he just fucking rails her right the in the face. face. I mean, and like think about how much that had to hurt, yeah. And then once he has her on the ground, he gets that knife, and it is like. He just—I mean, it's—it's it's even like beyond just this film. It's like it's like a a, a a child growing up watching it almost. It's it's very it's very macabre. Yeah. Um, but he does what he has to do to protect himself. He stabs her repeatedly, and girl, she is dead. She's dead. She gone. And this part, I was like, oh my god, like oh, this is where we're going. Everything's changed now. Yeah. And so then Sackhead, or man, I don't want to call him Sackhead. We, we have to give credit yeah. for that, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the man in the mask comes out, and they, there's this fight in the pool that goes underwater, over water. There's 80 synth music in the background. It's filmed. It's really good. Really good. And, and it's also, like, really scary. Yeah. It's really scary to watch, especially because, like, the, the man in the mask has his axe. Yeah. And so while Luke is in the water, well, he's in the water for a while, obviously, but while he's in the water... He is chopping at him in in the water, and, and like there's like the water is bloody. Yeah, and like he can't like get away from him effectively. So like it's really uh, it's it's very uh, painful to watch. And I know you. I actually saw this a couple weeks ago, and I know you yeah. just saw it this week. I do just you, saw it. Yeah. Do you remember why the man in the mask goes away? Is it because the daughter shows up? Right. No, there's actually no reason why he goes away. He just. I, goes I think away. that he goes away because he thinks that Luke is dead. So he he stabs Luke in the back. Yeah. And by all rights, like, Luke should be, if not dead, he's absolutely dying. So he's moving up. For sure. And I think he was done. Huh. But what's interesting about that is that then, well, he has to go find the daughter, of course. But, I mean, he also could have thought that the daughter was dead, really. I mean, I don't know. It's weird that he moves on without making sure that he's dead. That's a little weird. Yeah. Because when he leaves, Luke is definitely still moving. Right. In fact, Lucas is still almost like swimming like side paddle over to the to the side of the pool. Yeah. And when he gets to the side of the pool, Kinsey is there. Right. And you hear her kind of saying, Luke, 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 Luke. 
And then she picks him up as somehow. He's still the girl that that has been stabbed in the leg and like weighs like nothing picks up her like baseball player like burly brother um, who is still alive buoyancy. after being buoyancy. yeah right sure buoyancy um, it picks him up gets him out of there puts him back in the gift shop in the main office and it's basically like stay here I'm yeah and and that's actually a criticism that I have about the movie is how is he I don't know. by the end of this how is he not dead like yeah. come on like he has been stabbed in the back, if not hidden his spine, then definitely like he has bled out like yeah. twenty times over now. But whatever. It's the it's the movies. We can suspend our disbelief. Not that big of a deal. It's okay. So then we cut to Kinsey, she's trying to find help. Um she actually stumbles upon a cop. A yeah. cop does show up. Poor cop. Poor Sheriff Darby or whatever yeah. his name is. Like it's he has like twenty seconds on film, and old girl is dead. And the doll face just slits his throat right in front of him. Slits her. his throat, and then Kinsey gets in the car. There's this very don't s- have the key. No, there's a very scream moment here. Oh, tell me. So she basically tap 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 mm-hmm. on the window with the knife, and then yep. shows the keys. That is directly from scream. Yeah, and like oh my god, how terrifying would that be? How terrifying would that be? But it's a cop car, so guess what's in that cop car? The shotgun. The sh- that's right. I was gonna say, I was gonna, I, my first inclination was to say lights on top. No, <laughs> no. no, shotgun. So she sure. ends up like trying to get the shotgun out. Meanwhile, you know, in just any second, that she's gonna get in because oh, she has sure. the keys. Yeah, so they, they fool around with that for a second with the locking and the unlocking. Yeah. But she finally gets the shotgun right in time as she is opening the door and blasts her and away. Bl- like literally blasts her away. So what what happens next is really interesting in yeah, terms I of like. So so it's interesting in terms of how people hear things. And we talked about this earlier yeah. this week. So this is when she goes and says, basically, I can't remember what she says, but why, why are you doing well, this Well, and us? also an unmasked stranger for the very And she's time. unmasked. We see who we it is. We see her face. And it's nobody it like... Mean, it doesn't mean it. It's nobody yeah. like malformed or weird. Or it's just like a normal woman. It's like a blonde, completely normal. blonde girl. And Kinsey asks her why they're doing this. And what does she say, Andrew? Why not? Why not? Um, and what do I hear? Uh, what I heard this week when I saw it was, we're not. And I just thought it was interesting to think about because I'm such a weirdo and I think about... That's like, why you heard it that I way. think about like philosophy and theology. I think about things in probably a deeper way than they should be thought about pretty often. Um, but I think actually both interpretations are actually kind of cool, right? Like, I mean, we'll see the script eventually, but if if she said we're not, like... We know what is that? Is that like just like this unseen force? No. Is this just like where they've, just where they've always been it, called? Right? <laughs> You're probably right. I just didn't hear it correctly. And I, I definitely can see that it is not the line, but I still thought it was fun to think that it was. Yeah. So then um, we basically have the final showdown with the man in the mask and Kinsey. She basically lights him on fire in his truck, but somehow he's still alive and the truck is still running. Um, and also, how is that truck still running? I don't know. Like, I know Ford builds them tough, but sweet Jesus, that thing is old as fuck. It is not made out of fucking titanium. I know. Like, it's on a tank. Like, that thing is done. Yeah. But he chases her basically Plus, down. it's the truck from the first movie. Yeah. Which has no damage, miraculously. Oh, amazing. <laughs> They're also mechanics. Yeah. The stranger's mechanics. Yeah. Um... And he chases her down this bridge, and basically, when you think he's gonna get... He gets out of the car, and you think he's gonna kill her, but he basically just succumbs to his wounds yeah and falls down and that's the end of the strangers well it's not the end well the end of them their lives right um because then they get picked up she gets picked up by another little family that just happens to be driving by uh very um uh like Texas chainsaw oh totally right 
And then who pops up behind her as the family is picking her up but the man in the mask again because he is not dead quite yeah. yet. Um, and then he is dead, we think, at the end. Um, at, of course, at the very, very end, they're both in the hospital, Luke and Kinsey, that is. And Luke is passed out. He's, he's got stuff hooked up to him. Like very he's, intensive he's, he's still alive. Yeah. Kinsey's walking around. She's like drinking her like pop out of a styrofoam cup, the big ones in the hospital. And what do we hear at the very end? At the door again. Well, and she's like freaked out. But guess what? Guess who that is? Who is that? That's the doctor. Yeah, well, it could be. But yeah. what doctor you know is that fucking mean knocking that hard? No, no, no. You have to knock. That's part of like. But you don't have to knock compliance. that hard. I mean, he's knocking really hard. Make or sure she. Yeah. Anyways, that's the strangest part to pray at night. So there's there's one other scene that I want to talk about. Yeah, sure. Um, there is this part where she is hiding in a like um, playground tunnel. Thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Oh, about the and trailer. she's being and she's being pursued by the man in the mask, and there is this terrifying part where she's like, "Leave me alone!" And out of the shadows, the doll face is just like, "But we're just getting started." And had this not been in the trailer, would have been the most effective scene of the entire movie. Yeah, whoever made that trailer, what I hope you listen to this. You were wrong to do that. And we need, and we need you to know that. You, you missed. Were wrong. You missed. You were very, very wrong. And it, it's just, it's too big of a moment in, in this, in this, in this uh, iteration of The Strangers um, that really wasn't honestly all that scary to me. Yeah. Well, this um, one was definitely more action. It was more yeah. action, but it, especially like going back to like being a single person, I saw this late at night by myself in another city. Like, I parked my car in a garage. Like, I didn't feel that scared going to my car yeah, after. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, with this one, that should have been a much scarier moment. And it just didn't It didn't tap out the way that it, that it should have. I know. Which was very disappointing. Yeah, I agree. So, um, oh, do you want to talk about this little piece of trivia, too? Because that, that is, people do not know that. So, this, from the first movie, um, there's a song that um, the man in the mask puts on the record player. And it's Mama Try. And... It's funny because the band is... It's obviously Merle Haggard, but with his band, The Strangers. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's I cool. do wonder if the director like had like a hankering for Merle yeah. Haggard and The Strangers yeah. and just one day thought, ah, this title makes sense. Yeah. So pretty interesting little bit of trivia. Thank you to our producer, Michael, for always finding the best bits of trivia. I um, really appreciate it. One little, one little trivia, sure. and it's about one of our fellow podcasts. Please. So you know the show Night of the Living Podcast? Yes, we love Night of the Living Podcast. They make a little cameo in the diner. What? Three of them. Shut up. Because they're from Cincinnati. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. Sounds okay, great. we want to hear more about this from you guys, but like personally, when we come to Cincinnati for like beers all night long, yeah. that would be so much fun to talk about. Amazing. So yeah, um, I think that's kind of the strangers pray at night. I think we hit it all with that one. Uh, what if, okay, so um, let's score these. Yeah, sure. So so strangers part one, and remember we're doing this um, out of seven stripes. For stripes, seven stripes are of the four, rainbow. Seven stripes of the rainbow. So how many stripes do you give it? For the first one. For the first one. This is a 6.5. Okay, gotcha. I'm yeah. going to give it a 6. Okay. I'm give it a 6. How about Strangers Pray at Night? This one, I'm, I'm like, I struggle with it because I really hate the first half, but I really love the second half. Sure. So I think if I gave, if I gave Veronica 5.5, I gave The Ritual a 5. Yeah. 
I think I gotta go... Because I'll watch this again. I gotta go five. Okay, I'm gonna give it a 4.5. Okay. I mean, and, and be, that being said, like, I, if that means that I liked it, but, like, you know, like I said, it wasn't exactly what I thought it would be, and the writing could have been a lot stronger. Yeah, I, I agree. So... All right, so I think that will do it for this. I think yes. we're going to take a quick break. Quick break, and then we're going to come back and give you one more little bit of horror media on Demon, Demon House. Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, let me on ghosts and demonology and this film is cursed all right and we're back uh we are going to be talking about the brand spanking new movie it's available on all your streaming services that you pay for basically um this costs us like seven bucks to watch which we'll talk about if that was worth it or not Um, listen to this segment and you can you can judge for yourself this movie is called Demon House, and yeah. it is uh, written, produced, and directed by one Zach Baggins. Do you know who this guy is? You remember Zach Baggins from Ghost Adventures, uh, the Travel Channel, the Travel Channel, which is basically like the first line of this movie. <laughs> I have, I am a an expert, and I have a show on the Travel Channel. You know, Zach Baggins is an expert in everything. It seems like yeah. um, he's an or, expert in uh, Ed Hardy shirts. Yeah, or if he's not an expert, he certainly knows where to find the right expert. Um, you know. I, I, so, listen, I had a lot of problems with this documentary. We'll talk about what it's about. But let's talk about what it's about first. And, and actually, it's it's very interesting to me, in particular... Because it's an interesting topic. It, it's, it's a very interesting topic, um, for a number of reasons. Now, for, for me, I'll just talk about it personally. Uh, number one, I grew up Catholic, so possession, that sort of thing, is, is sort of, like, intrinsic to just sort of, like, the theology that I grew up with. Yeah. Um, but then also, it takes place in Gary, Indiana. Um, and I grew up in a small town called Hobart, Indiana, which is right next to Gary, Indiana. Well, and what you should know about Gary, Indiana is it's pretty much a demilitarized zone mm-hmm. now. Um, it's very just the houses are dilapidated. I mean, it's, everything it's, about it is. It's, it's basically a bankrupt city, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it, my, my family still lives in, in northwest Indiana where, where Gary is. Um, and so you know, I, I go through Gary actually fairly often. Um, and Gary is, it's not even like a demilitarized zone. It's but, you honestly, go, but you go through it from the safety of the highway. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like a war zone. Yeah. Um, Gary is still a very dangerous place to be. Um, there is very little infrastructure left. The city is basically bankrupt. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a very sad thing. Um, especially, you know, if, if you grew up in Northwest Indiana, there's a good chance that your parents or your grandparents grew up in Gary. Um, and so, you know, I've, I, I grew up with the stories from, from my parents about how wonderful Gary used to be and this and that and whatever. Um, and whenever we would drive through, there was always a look of sadness on their face. Yeah. It's kind of the way of, like, Detroit. Sure. You know, it's like... It's, it's much the but same. But it's never gotten... Same it's, but it's never gotten back to coming back. And, and, and it likely never will. Um, so, Demon House, uh, here's what's going on. So, Demon House, there is a house in Gary... Um, and uh, in 2012, there were stories that came out it, it literally internationally. It hit international news 
that this was a very, very haunted house, a very possessed house, that there were multiple demons inside, that demons had possessed the children that lived there. <clears throat> and so uh, the Catholic Church actually did an exorcism. Granted an exorcism. Granted an exorcism on the house and on the children uh, of, of, uh, of the mother, Latoya, uh, Latoya Ammons. Um, and this this all really did happen. That yeah. this is you know wh- whether whether it was true or not is is what you know is for for you to decide. But these events did occur. Yeah. Um, among the events was um, was when the child was taken to the hospital. Uh, the the child protective services the the, the CPS worker uh, caseworker that was assigned to the case really did file um, a, a actual paperwork wherein she says that in the hospital room she witnessed the child walk backwards up the wall and across the ceiling and land in front of her. Yeah. That is what she wrote down ethically on her, you know, yeah. on her profession. And there were other witnesses there, too. She signed this. Yeah. There were other witnesses there. Police were there. A psychiatrist. A psychiatrist was also there. So all of these people do corroborate the same story. Um, and which is probably honestly like like the freakiest part of of the entire uh, original story of yeah. what happened at that house. Yeah. So this documentary deals with that house, with that family, and with the stories that that that, that occurred there. Zach Baggins, um, the host of of Ghost Adventures, and I'm sure you all know him. He has a reputation. Um, he bought that house sight unseen. I wonder how much he paid for it. it probably not very much. Yeah. To be, I mean, it, it, it's scary. The pr- property there is is very very low. Um, getting services at a lot of at a lot of properties in Gary is very hard to do. Yeah. Um, so it's because I will say for like being um, Gary, Indiana, and for being that mm-hmm. house, it's not in horrible shape. It's not that bad. You know what I mean? Uh, like, well, I mean, it's, that's the thing. You know, people have have a lot of opinions of Gary, but until you actually go to Gary and yeah. go to some of the parts of Gary, you really don't know what it's like. To yeah. be completely honest with you. Um, but so yeah, he buys the, the house. The house is not in terrible shape. But he buys the house, and he, of course, had not seen it. Uh, in this documentary, he goes to the house, and you know, from there on, it's kind of confusing. You don't really know what this documentary is about. Like what the point? What is the point of it? He heard about this story. He bought the house. Okay, cool, great, great start. This could be a really interesting um, way to peer into what happened at this house in a very depressed area of the country to a very poor black family in Gary, Indiana. That's something interesting to explore. That's compelling. Instead, he decides to go to this house and, like, I don't know, try to prove that demons exist. He makes it all about him and about, like, some dream that he had before with, like, a 12-foot goat man that breathed black smoke into his mouth. Yeah. It gets... it's, It's honestly... It's so confusing... You don't know what it's about. You don't really understand what's going on. And in the end, it just sort of seems like a film crew of white guys that are immature and bored and, like, honestly believe that if they, like, get drunk enough, that they really are seeing things. Yeah. And and it just, it really drove me nuts. We can go into particulars, but that's where I want to kick it off. Sure. So, um... I just kind of thought that this just felt like an extended version of a Ghost Adventures episode. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? It's not anything new. Nothing new. Um, 
That being said, um, so the first half, like, this is a lot like the the Prey at Night. The first half of the movie, I think, is super messy. The reenactments that they do are just not great. Cheesy. Like, and this costs 150, I mean, it put some money in it. $150,000 was the budget. Yeah. You know, that's not a huge budget. That's not huge, but it's also not, like, play money. Right. And you're doing it in Gary, Indiana. Right. Where not, things cost, like, nothing. Exactly. Um, and so he, he he's just such a, 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 like, it's just kind of a mess. Like, the reenactments are not great. The acting's not great. Um, and then he has this cardinal sin that I think he commits. Yeah. He did not okay an interview with the fan, with the woman beforehand to basically interview the woman yeah, that, sure. owned the, that lived in the house before. That's right. the whole story. Yeah. If you don't get to talk to her, then what's the story? And, and, and I want to I want to press on that a little, a little bit more. He, so let's look at the dichotomy here, right? And like, you know, let's look at the situation. And let's remember that we are a bit more of a woke show when it comes to how we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, right? We all agree on that. Sure. There we are. So my problem here is that a crew full of white people from L.A., come into Gary, Indiana, where they have never been before. Yeah. And they sort of poke fun at, like, these black people who don't want to talk to Why them. Why do you think they make fun? I, don't, I didn't get that. Well, I, just, but I, I shouldn't say. I shouldn't say. They, 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 don't, they don't poke fun at them. I, I, that's, that's not what I mean to say. They do definitely imply that the people that are around that house want to be paid or they ain't going to talk. Yeah. And I'm sorry, like, that is a trope that I'm not going for. Yeah. Like, absolutely not. That lady didn't want to talk to you because she didn't want to talk to you. Well, and also they imply that she has like um, already been talking with a producer, right? Like, so like, it's this whole thing where they're like kind of blaming the victim here. It, exactly. I, I don't know. It's the first half of this movie. I think is super messy. I, I did not like the first half when I when we started this. I wanted to look at you and say, "Why did you make me watch?" I this? know, I know. But I will say, like, there is a point in the movie where they just. They start concentrating on, like, the investigation of the house from, like, a ghost hunter's perspective. Yes. And I think this is where, like, the strength of this movie is. Because, like, I think this part's, like, semi-okay. Yeah, Like, I think there's fine. some creepy parts. Well, I mean, there, there are some creepy parts. But, like, you know, it's just like what we talked about when, when we watched the movie together. Like, we had to, like, pause because there are some parts where you're like, what the fuck yeah. is this? Like, for example, there is a doctor that, that he brings on. A doctor, and I'm putting that in air quotes. Well, didn't right you now. say um, when he was listing off his credentials that yeah. he had a minor? And I think that yeah. you were like, Can Zach, you pause it for a second? Zach, Zach Baggins is like, Oh, he has a doctorate in like neurophysiology or whatever it is. And then he's like, Oh, he also has a minor in like comparative literature. And I'm like, Listen, you have a minor when you're an undergrad. You don't have a minor when you're going for your fucking doctorate. Yeah. Like, no, you don't even know what you're talking about. So he has, like, this doctor in, like, I don't know, like, neurology or whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter. It's, like, a made-up title. It's a total made-up made up title. Like, he probably, like, went to, like, Jamaica to, to get this degree. And so, like, this doctor is, like, walking through this house with, like, all these instruments. Of course, we don't know what they are. Yeah, I love look- how all the instruments always look like they're from, like, the 1980s. And they're, like, yes, yeah, so this is the, ju- yeah. the, like... I don't even like the geonuclear. Yeah, they have like, they have, like wood paneling yeah. on them yeah. for God's sake, and like buttons that like you know are like three inches. And it's thick. always like this thing that like spikes. Right. It's, there's no explanation. It means absolutely because and there's no explanation because it means absolutely nothing, yeah. and, that, and that's just the thing. And the the problem that I have with with that sort of like with that sort of like approach to this whole thing is who cares? We don't care. Yeah. There is never going to be an episode of Ghost Adventures. There's never going to be a documentary. There's never going to be an anything. 
that proves the existence of demons or ghosts or this or that or whatever. But even though you're saying that, I will tell you, I'll keep watching. No, no. Because well, I like well, these shows. Well, I, no, no, I'm, no, no, so, no, no, I'm no. such a sucker. Of course you will. Of course you will. All I'm trying to say, though, is that that's not the interesting part of this story. Yeah. That's not the compelling thing. Whether or not they actually exist doesn't even fucking matter. The point is, something happened to this family that was so, like, incredibly traumatic that, like, their son did some crazy shits. Yeah. And, like, they had to go to the hospital and this had to happen. And they really believed that it was demonic. Yeah, there's no, there's no story about the fallout from that. Right. They believed it so much that the Catholic Church granted the exorcism. That is not an easy thing to have happen, especially yeah. in today's world. As much as I, as much criticism as I have for the Catholic Church, I will give them this: they are very sensitive about that particular topic. Yeah, and they don't just give it away for anything, and so especially under Pope Francis. So, like right now, like you, you would literally have to prove the existence of a demon to a bishop to make that happen. And Father Mike Magino, who is who's in the film quite a bit, who I also have some problems with, to be completely honest with you, somehow he made that work. Um, but my problem with Father Mike Magino is that I kind of found him irresponsible, right? So, like, they show an exorcism in the movie. Well, let's, let's back up a little bit. Because, yeah, sure, go ahead. So, basically, there's this woman who stops by the house, or is he contacts her or whatever. Right. She brings her three kids with her because, uh, yes. because she used to live at the house. and When she was a child. Yeah. Uh, I think she was like, yeah, I was like, she was a child or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, they basically are come back to like recount their time in the house. Right. And she states that she's been, you know, afraid of the basement ever since. Like, never went in the basement when they lived there. And that's where all this is like coming from is like the basement, of course. Um, and so they go down there and then she starts to experience like a lot of people in this movie. They either experience like extreme fatigue or they ex- experience um, like, like it, thoughts of anger. Like, there's all the like things like, depression right um and then she has her three kids with her and they're like all like touching everything like you know what kids do right. and there was this part in the like, towards the beginning where they talked about this like oil yeah that would like come out of the blinds. like apparently like one of the symptoms of this house being demonically possessed and i'm not even joking you is that there's oil on the blinds oil on the mini blinds yeah and like, like the CPS worker touched it. And I don't know about you, but light. you know nothing scares me more than having to clean my mini blinds. Yeah. So like, I mean, like what what is going on? So then we cut to that. Basically, a week later, um, one of the kids tried to commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so they determine that oh she's she's possessed. Oh, so well, she then, must be possessed. Then they go and do the right. to, to do the exorcism. Yeah. So they're in this church in Maryville, Indiana, doing this exorcism. And it's, you know, it's, it's on film where we're watching it, and the girl slumps over. And so, you know, then it kind of cuts away. They don't even show the whole thing, whatever. And then there's this scene of, of, of Father Mike and, and Zach talking. And Father Mike is like, oh, well, when she slumped over, that, uh, that must have been the, the demon the leaving demon. her body. Yeah. And I was just like, come on, man. Yeah, like, no. She, she, uh, she slumped over. She was acting. I, I have no idea what it was. Yeah. But, like... Just because you think it doesn't mean that it's true. Right. And the thing about Zach Baggins that I don't like is that when something is very clearly, like, totally ambiguous when it comes to the truth, he presents it like, oh, no, this is it right now. Yeah. Like, for example, he has, he has a point in the movie where he was like, oh, well, and then I had to consider that this house might have been cursed by somebody. And I was like, actually, 
Did you? Did you need to consider? Did that? you have to consider that because you have absolutely no proof? You have you have no reason to even suspect that. Yeah. Once again, what are you doing here? Yeah. Why are you here in Gary, Indiana? White boy from LA or wherever you live. I think he's in Las Vegas. Or Las Vegas, whatever. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but it doesn't. And like, yeah, I have nothing against him. I'm just saying, like, if you're gonna go there and do this, man, go there and do it. Well, I think I honestly think they should have probably spent 15 minutes on the story of the house, right? And then just done the investigation, yes. like because that's what that's what we're here for. And that you know, what? it's fine. You know, good point. That's what he does. That's what he likes to do. Yeah, and that's what you like to do. And you know what, man? You bought the house. You go right ahead and do it. So I want to talk about. Three major parts in the movie, Go right and then ahead. we can kind of wrap things up. That with, sounds with good because I don't think this movie is much. I could bitch all night. Yeah. Let's face the facts. Um, so I want to first talk about the altar that they found. Oh God! So basically, they go in the basement, and the basement is a, a semi-completed basement. Right. So there's basically concrete on the floor. It's been painted, whatever. And under, but under the stairs is still dirt. And because there was a basic uh, a tin, you know, like those things you make your turkey in, like yeah, a tin, right. a sure. tin tray, yeah, that with a candle in it, and he—that's <laughs> one of the funniest. Well, well, Andrew, that must be an altar to yeah. Satan, right? Right. Well, because that's what it is, folks. It it is introduced as an altar, altar. to like Satan or like or like the dark arts, like that's how it's introduced. And they dig it up, and they find a woman's press-on nail. Um, Which girl, I probably have this in my bedroom right now. Who you been with? Well, nobody, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Like, you know, it's like they have They find women's panties. They find a a lid to a pot, I think. And there's like one more thing. And like a kid's sock or something. Yeah, it's all very just like, this could have just fallen down the stairs. Like, have you lived at like a family's house before? Like, you walk around in the basement where like the laundry room is or this or that. Like, you are going to find the following things. A woman's press-on nail, yeah. <laughs> a pair of panties, a child's sock, and, like, a tin that they put down there that, like, probably had, like, Christmas cookies in it before. Yeah. Like, you're going to find those things. And also, like, in a house where kids were, you're going to find, like, weird shit. Because yeah, kids, kids like are, to do weird shit. It's like a sandbox. Yeah. It's especially weird, in a basement. Like, yeah. And, like, and the other thing, too, is, like, there's, there's one person, I can't remember who it is, but, like, oh, well, the whole floor is finished, except for the dirt under the stairs. And I'm like, that's... That's really not that uncommon in yeah. like a Midwestern basement. Like that, that happens all the time for us. Yeah. So yeah, like the way that it's presented is just. I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah, my God. Um, and then the other part um, is when they basically the guy gets possessed. Essentially, uh, yeah. One of his crew members. One of his gets crew possessed. members. And then they go back to the hotel, and there's this like at the Radisson Star Plaza in Maryville, Indiana. And there's this. Part where he just like goes crazy. Yeah, he, he there's this whole thing. Yeah, but he also goes crazy in like a douchebag. Yeah, like total. Well, this guy is like wearing like a sideways hat. Yeah, and, like, like it, another another Ed Hardy. Like, Ed Hardy should just sponsor mm-hmm. all of this. Another Ed Hardy shirt and like you know like some crappy pair of shoes. Yeah, and you know like they they, they look ridiculous. They sound ridiculous. They keep calling everything bitch. You know, it's just like what what on earth is this? And suddenly this guy is being attacked. By who? The 12-foot goat man that Zach had a dream about. Convenient. Like, totally convenient. Come on. I want to go back really quick to the altar that you talked about in the basement, too. So the altar, and, you know, they show the altar multiple times. The altar has, like, a little thing of holy water and, like, a crucifix and, like, a Bible on it. And, like, that just points, for me, to people that know nothing about what they're talking about when it comes to religion it is it is cheap theology for cheap people 
And the problem that I have with that especially is Zach talks about people who were connected to the house who suddenly got cancer, who suddenly let's had... Come, let's come back to that at the end. Well, I but this is a, but, about, about yeah, but this is an important point with this specifically right now. I know. I just want I want to talk about the end. All right. I'll, and I'll then we'll come that. back to okay. because I think that there's something really Remind me, though, because I, yeah, I, yeah. want, I want to talk okay. about that specifically. So then that's basically the end is, is that he decides, I'm going to figure this out once and for all. And he barricades all the windows and doors. He and literally drills like plywood yeah. onto the... You, you know, and locks himself in for the night to like come on face to face with his demon or whatever. And basically things start to happen. Like he hears dogs or... That was another one. Um, he hears like a voice. He has a voice. He hears people. He, 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 he hears stuff. And then he's in bed. And this was like, this was honestly like for a second in this movie kind of creepy. I will give you this. This, this was, this was the creepiest And he has like a camera sitting next to him, just like a stat, like a static camera. Yeah. And it's looking and all of a sudden you hear this like, uh, like kind of like a growl and you're like, what the fuck? And And I'll give him this. It's not a genuine. Yeah. But then the worst thing in this entire movie happens. Right when you're about to see something, the camera conveniently goes like blurry. Of course. And you see like a shadow go across. Of course. And I'm just like, why did you do that? I, I, and, and, that's, and that's that's another one of the problems that I have is you're going back to it. You're never going to actually prove it. Yeah. People well, don't need answers. People need stories. Yeah. People need myth. People need things to explore. And you can be perfectly fine and successful if you give them those things. You do not have to prove it with some shitty evidence. I'm sorry, but you don't. And then he claims that right after that, his eyes start to just, like, hurt. They hurt, they hurt, they hurt. And then... And I, I don't deny him that. Basically what did. happens is he says that he developed diplopia, which is basically permanent double vision. And that he has consulted many um, neurologists and had many tests, and they can't figure it out. They've offered to do um, surgery on his eyes, but it could cause permanent uh, blindness. So he basically is, like, refusing the surgery. So now he has to wear a prism glasses. Oh, my God. I can't even take this right now. Like, it's insane. Well, you know what? At least he's seeing rainbows all day long. He's seeing rainbows all day long. And then the final nail in the coffin for me in this movie. Please. Is that then he orders for the house to be demolished? Of course he does. And he and why basically do you do that? he basically says, "I want to get rid of this house so nobody else ever experiences these demons again." Yeah, sure. What I say to that is, "I'm going to demolish this house so nobody can ever prove that I'm right or wrong." Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, come on, he 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 honestly could have turned that house into a year-round attraction if he if he had wanted uh-huh. to. But he wanted to make sure that no one else made a movie about it and that no one could ever go in there and say nothing happened here. Right. And. You know, just back to that altar. Well, no. So basically, at the very end of this, you know, film, I'm really Jones at the altar no, no, right I know. now. But the very end of this film, they go through this whole rigmarole mm-hmm. of all of the people that were involved in the filming of this movie and right. kind of what happened to them in the process. And I do want to talk about one because I think one is really interesting. Yeah, go ahead, please. But no, no, you can start. I just want to make sure that I talk about this specific. Aspect. Yeah, no, no. So, so one of the things that he talks about is how this house affects people, right? Yeah. It stays with them. It connects to it them. It follows the them. demons in the house connect straight to them, and so, so he um, he talks about how like you know like one person gets cancer, one person like breaks their leg and their ribs, one person like gets in a bike accident, one person does this, one person does that. The guy, the one guy, had all right. his organs shut down. Sure. And my problem with that is this. So, there is no such thing as evil. There is no such thing as good. 
Because if you believe in evil, evil is like the exact opposite of good. You have to believe that like this thing exists that you can't really explain. And so like to believe that like these, these evil demons are causing these problems for people, blah, 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 blah. The only thing that solves that is that then is good. The only thing that mm-hmm. heals that is good. And that's bad theology. It's a bad way to look at life. Because if the devil is causing your problems, the only thing that, that's going to help it is God. And and that's a bad view of things. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Yeah. It's not right. Because you're also saying that like you're being punished for some reason. And that you can only be helped. And you can only be helped if you believe a certain way. And that's not fair, dude. Yeah. I'm sorry. You don't have a monopoly on the truth. No one does. And God does not go out and create things like this right. to make people sick. You want to know why you, 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 you get cancer? Because you get cancer. Right. You want to know why you broke your bone? Because you fell. That's why it happens. Because life is random. To go back to what we were talking about very much earlier in, in all of our segments today. Yeah. Life is a crazy random thing. It doesn't make any sense. It was never supposed to make any sense. Yeah. It's sad, but it's true. So I do want to talk about one of the, uh, the like, quote-unquote, like, victims. Also, I'm glad I got that out. <laughs> the quote-unquote victims of this house. Yeah, go ahead. Which actually did kind of, like, the act that happened scared me more than it being tied to the house. Huh. So basically what happens is he is contacted by one of his long... Oh, uh, she's, yes. She's She's been on Ghost Adventures many times, her and her husband. Constantino. And yeah. Uh, her name was Constantine, Constantino. Constantino, yes. Okay. Debbie. And, and, and this is extremely sad. Debbie and on. Mark Constantino. Yes. So basically, uh, halfway through the movie, um, he gets a text from this woman who is in uh, an EVP expert and if you don't know what EVP is it's electronic voice phenomenon it's where it's where you hear ghosts right. like, like like in the background on, on a recording right that, that sort of thing she he gets a text from her basically saying like hey we attempted to contact the demon from the house like from afar and we we came in contact with him here's a little recording that we found we texted him but yeah. we were blocked <laughs> and he she basically says in the text that um, uh, you know I think that it's a good go ahead demon and we're like, oh, convenient, blah, blah, blah. We're like, whatever, this is just another one of these things. But then we find out that, like, I don't know what it was, like a week later or something, she was abducted by her estranged husband, her roommate was killed, then she was killed, yeah. and he committed suicide. Yeah, and then that, that, that was a lot there. Like that, that like wedged into the middle of this movie. I was like, holy, wait, I want to see that movie. Yeah, like, what's that exactly. all about? And, and, yeah. You know, once again, I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm not. I'm not giving that to Zach Baggins either because it's not. That's he. Doesn't no, I know. That. I. It wasn't in the context of it being about the house. It was in the context yeah. about it, like being so. Whoa! This is really coming out of left field. No, no, totally. But but I think for him it was part of the house. Yeah. And like, well, like, he's trying to create a story. Yeah. He's trying no, to create... and I, and I, 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 get, I get all of that, and you know, and I, I don't dislike the guy either. I really don't. Like, I mean, I watch Ghost Adventures, and it, it's fun. Like, yeah. it, it's a fun show to watch. I think I, I think I kind of described it last night as it's Ghost Adventures is like a car accident. Yeah, like, you can't stop you watching can't, it. You can't look away. You know, but I mean, it's like you know, like maybe be just a little more thoughtful. And I, I think that was the thing that I was hoping for with Demon House was that it would just maybe be. It, that it might be different this time. Yeah. That this time, hey, maybe he does have like some different solid evidence. Yeah. Maybe this time he has some different stories to tell. Maybe he's like kind of growing up. Yeah. And said that really wasn't the case. And so now we know that he demolished the house 
And he, but at the very end, he's like, I took some of the items. And he basically. So, what did he take? Um, he took the sand from the portal no, no. to hell. The dirt, the remember? Dirt, it's the, it's dirt. the dirt under there. From the portal to hell. So, the dirt under the stairs. He also took the actual staircase itself. The staircase and the dirt are in his haunted museum in Las Vegas. I've never been there before. Um, yeah, like a lot. So, I don't know. Would you pay to go see that? Would I pay to go see the sand, the dirt, or would I pay to go to like this little haunted museum? Let me ask you this: How many margaritas from Fat Tuesday would you need in order to pay to go to Zach Baggins' haunted museum? Am I getting the extra shot in it? You're getting the extra shot. And by the way, folks, if you've never been to Vegas before, pro tip: go to Fat Tuesday, drink there the whole time. It's the cheapest drinks you'll have, and honestly, probably the best. I mean, to be completely honest, if it's like ten bucks, I only need one. I'd go. Yeah, fair. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would pay for it. Yeah. I, 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 only if it was ten bucks. If it's over ten bucks, I'm not doing that. Yeah, ten bucks, and like I'm with like you guys. Yeah, sure. Just so I can kind of have a little fine. Laugh and, you know, and like you know, there are sometimes you you need a, you need a break from Vegas. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, it's a good one, and only if you can have a drink while you're there. All right. So, what do you rate this movie? I, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this a three. A three stripes. It's pretty low for me. Mm, just gave that. So you know, I'm gonna go. Is he feeling generous today? No, I was actually gonna go lower than. Oh that. wow! Oh my yeah. god! I just think this movie's kind of a mess. Tell me, please. Um, I was gonna go. You know, I'll I'll be generous, and I I was gonna go two point five, but I'll go three. Okay, so you gave it a three. What if I tell you right now that the admission price to the Zach Baggins Haunted Museum is forty four dollars? Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so I am going to give um, my new rating for that film at two stripes out of seven, um, and that's where we're gonna leave it for Demon House. So at the start of this, we said it's for rent. Um, you listen to our segment and you gauge for yourself yep. if you want to spend that six ninety nine on iTunes. If you want to see an extended version of a Ghost Adventures, uh, basically Ghost Adventures the movie. Right, right. Go for it. Yeah. And just, you know, do your friends a favor. If you have friends that want to see it too, get them all together in the room. Yeah, it'd be a fun group movie. Don't everybody rent it on your own. You don't have to do it. Well, that. I think it would actually be a fun movie to like sit around and yeah, drink. with everybody. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So... That is Demon House. Thank you for listening about that. And we are going to be right back with a new segment called Slice Left, Slice Right. So get ready. Everybody, we're back with a new segment. It's slice, slice the... left, slice right. What does that refer to, Andrew? So you're gonna have to Do tell me because I've been with my partner now for almost seven years. Your husband, you yeah. even whatever. So this technology came out right after I got with him. So yeah, I don't really know that much it. about it. So you tell me about this. So listen folks I, my love life has been like on like a mountain climb and like a slow descent and then a mountain climb and then like I like tumble down a hill like over the course of many years now so I am very used to the world of online dating I'm sure a lot of you are too 
We are all familiar with swipe left, swipe right on Tinder or on really anything anymore. There's like there's some kind of swiping thing. So we're gonna do that tonight. And we're gonna do it with the characters in the films we just discussed. Woo! Because that's gonna be fun. Yeah. So um we're gonna talk about whether we would swipe left or swipe right. And slice left. Of course, because we're a horror podcast. Um and maybe just a little bit so wait, about why you would it, so which way do I go if I want it? If you don't like somebody, you say you say slice left. Okay. If you like somebody, you say slice right. And this is like liking them and the, so like wanting to have sex with them or. Well, you know, I'm going to leave that up to you. Like, I mean, like maybe you thought okay. they I'll were. Give my, I'll give my interpretation. Yeah. So, do we want to split this list up? Like, um, do sure. it like half and half. So sure. what, here, let's put it right here. The magic of magic of podcasting. Okay, so folks, um, Andrew, you go first. So the first one is Christina Hendricks. Oh, swipe right, slice right in a second. Slice right. Why? Oh, well, because she's Christina Hendricks. Like. She was absolutely amazing on Mad Men, so I can never hate her for anything. Yeah. But also, I thought she was really, really good in The New Strangers. She yeah. was wonderful. I loved her. I slice right, too. Like, she's pretty hot, and I think that she's a great actress, and I like that she's a more of a full-figured woman. Yes. And, like, it's not, like, that skinny bitch from down oh, the street. God, she's so. So, she is so sexy. Yeah. Like, I want to be her when I grow up. Yeah. Okay, are you slicing left or right on Martin Henderson, who is the dad from The New Strangers? I slice right. I think he's kind of sexy. Um, I'm totally slicing right on that daddy. Especially when he was... Um, oh, in, my God. Uh, oh, gosh. What was the movie I just said? I the Ring. Remember. The Ring. In The Ring. The Hole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was in The Ring. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, despite his, like, the terrible writing that they gave him, yeah. he is so sexy. And, like, he's also just kind of, like, a nice guy. Like, yeah. I, I felt that when he was dead. I wanted to kiss him instead. Okay, uh, Lewis Pullman, who's like the brother. Lewis and Pullman plays Luke in The New Strangers. Bill Pullman's son. And Bill Pullman's son. Okay, so it might surprise you, but I'm going to slice right on him because I think he's really cute. Um, Based on looks, I'd probably slice right, but based on like personality and kind of how boring he is as like a person, if I was going off of how online dating works, I'd slice right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I, I, I can also tell you that everyone that is on online dating is pretty much boring. Yeah. Except for me. Okay, are you slicing left or right on Bailey Madison, who is the daughter in The New Strangers? I'm going to go left. I don't swing that way, and she doesn't do enough for me to uh, swing. Yeah, girl, I am going left. I, I will tell you this. I definitely would not have cared if The Strangers had gotten her, because her character drove me insane yeah. in that movie. All right, um, Liv Tyler. Mm. Girl, I'm going to slice right on her for my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only did she play a fantastic elf in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but she played a great fucking woman in the first Rangers. She's fantastic. I love her. Yeah, slice right. And she's beautiful. That's all I need to say. She's totally beautiful. What about slicing left or right on Scott Speedman? Her wannabe fiance in The Strangers Part One. This is one I really struggle with because I don't think he's like I think he's a good looking guy. He's okay, but yeah. like when I look at him, he just like looks like an everyman. Yeah, and so I think based on that, I'm gonna go wait left, right? Left, left yeah. Left. I'm gonna go left. So I'm also gonna go left here only because I can't slice right on everybody. Yeah, you know what I mean, because I'm not desperate. You gotta make some decisions. I'm not desperate anymore. Okay, um, your turn. All right, this is going to be Jesus. a controversial one, I think. But Zach Baggins. Okay, I, listen, I am slicing left immediately. Like I, I can't. If I had to slice right on him and go on a date or like anything, 
I, I couldn't handle it. I'm sorry. Okay, so I have a question. Go ahead. Have I heard him talk yet? Yes. Yeah. Well, I was on a dating app. Well, no, no, no. Okay, right, okay. fair enough. You're on a dating app. You, you haven't heard him talk. Is he wearing, like, an onk or anything around his neck or, like, an Ed Hardy shirt? He is definitely wearing, like, skeleton gloves, and he is wearing, like, sunglasses, probably a beanie with some logo on it of, like, a thing. It's a struggle because he looks like he has a really good body. He probably does. And and, and in Ghost Adventures, he does. Like, he always wore, like, tight shirts and shit. Like, and don't get me wrong, like, once again, I don't hate him. I don't. I just find him annoying. You know what? I'd, I'd probably give him a chance. I'll slice, I slice right. Girl, slicing right. Okay. Fine. Okay. Um, okay, so are you... <laughs> oh my god, this, this is the best one. Are you slicing left or right on the exorcist himself, Father Mike Maginot out of Maryville, Indiana, from Demon House? And this, by the way, everybody, this is a real Catholic priest in Northwest Indiana who is also apparently an exorcist. Slicing left or right. I'm not a religious person. Yeah. Slice left. Okay, I am going to slice right just for fun. Um, not attracted at all, yeah. in the least. Um, actually, find kind of ridiculous in the film. But I'm going to slice right because, you know what, maybe it'll make his day. Yeah, maybe it'll, maybe it'll make his day. Because it'll definitely match. Right, thank you, we're going to match. We already matched. We are done. So fun, you guys, that was a fun little new segment for us. We're going to do it again, probably, in the near future. I swipe left and right every day, anyway, pretty much all day long, because that's my life right now. I am single. If you are rich, you can talk to me later. (laughs) Private message me on Facebook. Um, You have to be cute, too. Um, But I also think that that is the end of our episode for for right now. So I just want to remind people that we are on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, Mm -hmm. we're on Facebook. Please, please, please drop us a review. It helps us move up the list in our weird algorithm. Um, Shout out to everyone that gave us great positive feedback. It's getting to the point where I can't even keep it all in in my head. It's so overwhelming. We feel so welcomed at Legion Podcasts. It's yeah. been great. And, and I, I just want to mention one more thing, too. We have some LGBT uh, horror fans out there. Yeah. And we are so glad to have you on board. Um, it, and I, I really mean this honestly. It really means a lot to us because we think that we, we, we're, we're really happy to bring a different perspective to all of this. Yeah, for sure. And we know that that's important to you, too. And so if there's ever anything that you want us to cover specifically... Or like, if there's ever like any perspectives that you think we either are that we're not getting right, or that you want us to like really give us give a second thought about, like please let us know. Like we would really love to hear from you about the, that. Ultimately, this is like you know it's something that we're doing, but it's for you. It's totally so. for you, yeah. Like and it's like for us, it's a lot of fun, and we want it to be fun for you. But like we also want this to be like also like not to be dumb, but like we want this to be meaningful for you too. Yeah, we want you to get enjoyment out of it. Totally. Yeah. So but I think that's it. Everyone, thank you so much for being with us. We hope you had a great time this episode. We sure did. Well, I think it's our longest episode Also, yet. how many glasses of wine did you have? Uh, like two and a half. Yeah, I think we're on seven, actually. No, 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 no. Maybe. Um, so everyone, have a great night or day or wherever you are when you're listening to this. We love you. We will be back next month. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.